Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Listening to season five of Mother May I Sleep with Podcast. I'm your host, Molly McElhaney. You guys, I told us to tag ourselves like who we are and who we want to be um, in this movie in terms of cast. So this is where um, this is who I I think I am. So um, the news comes on, and they're both watching the same channel, EJ and her sister. Um, and two snowboarders apparently were buried uh, buried nearly to death in the Glacier National Park. Um, the search and rescue workers, um, which are all volunteers, work for hours to get these guys out. And then we see a news clip where they're speaking to Dr. Marcy Hempel, who we do know as a character in this movie. And in the corner of the screen, we see a picture of Marcy that was used from, like, probably five or six years ago. Like it's the same as any of us who like haven't updated like a a formal photo of us. Like we just don't look like that anymore. Like you'd be lying if we put it on Tinder. I want to be that picture of Marcy Hempel. That's who like I, that's who I didn't even realize that that was Marcy when we finally meet her. Well, because it doesn't look like she catfished us. (gasps) Wait. Oh my God. I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Oh my God. Okay. (laughs) So you guys, speaking of catfish, do you guys are are you do you know do you love are you aware? I'm a, I'm definitely aware. I follow like vicariously through a lot of people. <laughs> okay, um, I was like watching. I had like um, MTV.com on in the background mm-hmm. while I was doing other work, and it was like rolling clips. And I was like heard a little catfish happening, and I looked up, and who do I see on the screen? Literally, my friend from. Seven jobs ago, Angela Ronaldo. Okay. <laughs> My friend Angela works at Catfish, and whenever they can't get clearance to use the person's photo, they use my friend Angela's photo. Oh my God. <laughs> and she was like, she was like, oh my God, are you watching? And I was like, yeah, that's like literally where I got a screenshot of you. Like, what do you think? I'm like a psycho and I actually think you're on the show. Like, I, that's why I'm texting you because I, I know what this is. And she was like, oh my God. She's like, well, maybe we could use you for next season. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I would love that. So you guys, I'm, they might use my picture if they can't get approval from anyone else on Catfish. Hey. <laughs> Isn't that exciting? My big fucking yeah. review. That's that's very exciting. It's not how I thought I'd wind up on Catfish, but I'll take it. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I am that photo of Doctor Dr. Marcy Hempel, which is really hard to say for me. Um, that's who I am in this movie. Um, so apparently, there just been like if the they had even been like a couple minutes late, this rescue squad, the guys, the two snowboarders, wouldn't have lived. EJ is unsure if this is even, like, the area that she lives in, but little does she know this is, like, absolutely the area that she lives in and that everyone at this big fundraiser slash bake sale was a part of this rescue the day before. Um, and Which, again, that's one of those things where it's, like, shouldn't she know if this is, like, like if this is a big skiing town and that they have 
the entire what is it? It's not the Snow Patrol, but like they have like a yeah. Like if that the rescue patrol is based there, how is she not aware of any of this? Well, there's so many, so many deep levels to this, um, and I'd love to get into them. I have a little bit of a clip ahead of this, but I, I have to play this clip in order to get to my main point. But honey, listen, mm-hmm. I've got a big one. So mm-hmm. a sheepish guy named Eric comes up to the table to get a cupcake, and Jan is very flustered right away. Um, this is Jan's cupcake booth. And she's like, listen, after everything you've been through, you can have the cupcake for free. It's on me. So then Jan introduces her to EJ. Let's play this clip from 1958 to 2115. Eric, this is EJ Baxter. Oh, hi. She just moved here from New York. Wow, New York. Must be a big adjustment, huh? <laughs> yeah, you could say that. Um, so you were involved in that rescue yesterday. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was something. You're being modest. You guys are fantastic. We were lucky. We've been borrowing our helicopter from Sam Simon, only he sold his places moving to Aspen. So I don't know what we're going to do when that happens. Anyway, um, thanks for the cupcake. It was nice to meet you, EJ. You too. Marcy, why doesn't the search and rescue squad have its own helicopter? We're funded through the county. These days, we're lucky to get what we get. It doesn't even begin to pay for repairs, training, new equipment. Not even close. I really admire you guys. I could never do what you do, no matter how much I got paid. Oh, we don't get paid. It's all volunteer. Exactly. For instance, Marcy's husband, Dave's a real estate agent, but he's also on the rescue squad. Then why risk your lives? Because we love it here. Because it's important. We got like seven of these cups now. Can I borrow one? <laughs> well, you look at that. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's EJ Baxter. Jan just introduced me to her. She just moved here from New York. Oh, we've met. <laughs> so I want to run this question by you because I think this is a very a thing that a native New Yorker might have interest in. EJ is so blown away that people would risk their lives. <laughs> That people would risk their <laughs> lives for the greater good of a community. This bitch lives in a it's seven years shy of 9-11 New York. Like, she mm-hmm. lives in a community that the entire thing is all about. Remember, now, maybe we are a little fresh off the heels of September 11th for me mm-hmm. to have realized this. But I don't know how this woman could, as a New Yorker, unconsciously sit there and not put together that people put themselves in the line of fire for the greater good of humanity all the time. It, like, blew me away, to be honest. It was, like, an unheard unheard of concept. Like, why would anyone do that? Well, I think that goes into the whole thing of, of her being, um, like, a shitty transplant because that feels like a shitty transplant thing to do. <laughs> She's like, oh, my God, like, who would take responsibility for where they live? Like, I mean, like, Jesus Christ, what kind of fucking animal do you have to be to, like, care about your surroundings? Like, it's like, what did you get here, like, like, two weeks ago? Like, she got up and left, so, you know, nobody else should really care. I mean, listen, I don't claim L.A., but when it was a near fire in my neighborhood, I sprayed that shit down. I told you guys, when your house is on Mm -hmm. fire, you spray your roof down with water. These are things I learned. If I can run around L.A. spraying everyone's house with water, I'd be more than happy to do that. 
This is what we do as a community. Am I going directly into the fire? No, but like I will spray all day. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so we find out that Will and Eric and Marcy's husband, who I think his name is like Dave or Bob or something, he's sort of like the jovial heavy set one. He's the jokester. I I just assume they're all named like Chad or Steve or something like that. His name is Dave. He vaguely almost looks like that comedian like brian regan absolutely and uh he's the one i think i relate to most um being <laughs> a being a, a dumpy guy that says lines like don't you think some of us have passed a prime <laughs> stuff like that it's just like i'm it's like so i feel funny. your guy <laughs> uh no honestly like i i did have this real it's funny that you fucking say chad David of all names because mm-hmm. I had this realization that these guys are red pill reddit R.I.L. Like they're mm-hmm. literally just standing there like mm, we're very brave but also like I'm gonna laugh at that woman who's like trying to do something with their life but also mm-hmm. like um, you know like very like a lot of red pill reddit up in there some early seeds I wouldn't be like surprised if they were founders of this movement although Joe that's the one yeah. difference the one thing I would separate between you is I don't think that you're a red pill guy I appreciate that. (laughs) And they give each other shit for everything. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so childish. Yeah. But then I remember that a lot of straight guys are like that. Straight guys don't want to let each other live, man. Like it's a real Mm -hmm. strict, when you live under that code, it's like a lot of like high, like it's like high key. What I think about super religious people, it's like, you live under this code where everyone has to abide by these rules. And if you don't abide by them, like you're going to get, fucking hammered down on dude because i have to live like this every day i have to walk Mm -hmm. around not eating a hot dog without saying no homo so like why you know why shouldn't we all (laughs) have to live like that you know yeah it's so weird it's just like oh i I saw you eating ice cream many donuts yeah like that i I had an (laughs) ex-boyfriend who would say um he could tell if a guy was in the closet or not by the way he ate a, ate a banana. <laughs> when he eat it like a corn on a cob if he was straight. Yeah, and like you said, like gay, like guys who were in the closet would have to break break it apart. <laughs> oh God, that is really funny. <laughs> <laughs> We love that. Yeah, no, it does seem like a very, honestly, like, I think that a lot of the anger from straight white men comes from, like... Not being able to eat bananas. Their own, (laughs) their own self-imposed, like, repression. Mm Mm-hmm. They can't enjoy... Poor guys. um... I feel bad for them. Poor guys. (laughs) They can't listen to Carly Rae Jepsen. Like, it's rough. Oh, my God. Their lives must be so hard. Um... (laughs) So these women, um, right from the start, because, like, this is where EJ is like, oh, Will, in New York, he couldn't even bribe his way past velvet ropes. She said something like that. Oh, yeah. And I I was like, girls, she is not on your team. Like, stop sucking up to her. This bitch does not care about you. She thinks that your hottest guy is her worst specimen. (laughs) Right? It's... It's a weird, it was a weird flex too, because she's like both saying, oh, he's not that hot. Like it, it was just kind of, I don't know. Like it was somehow snobbish as well as um, 
being like throwing shade and agreeing with her. Right, because then, like, Will, like, clocked her, and she looked down like she was ashamed. The dynamics here are wild, because, like, the men are all, like, obviously would all fuck her, but are, like, looking at her like she's an alien, because, like, they don't see women like that in their day-to-day life. And then the Jans and the Marcies of the world are, like, dying to be her friend. EJ, meanwhile, is literally just trying to, like, escape this narrative of, like, she broke a shoe... But also, <laughs> she can't get over herself because, like, who could? Like, who would just get over themselves? Like, you don't just drop your ego at, like, the Montana border. Like, it, like some ego is going to come over with you. Especially not if you if, if you, you broke a shoe. I mean, that's... Yeah, I that's would just call intense. the police and be like, look, I broke a shoe, but she took my life away, okay? Like, what can we do to resolve this? Like, I would call yeah, the police. It's... It's like when Pensatucky turns herself in and Orange is the New Black. Right. <laughs> oh my god, I love her origin story so m- I could rewatch that movie all day or that episode all day. Yeah, I thought yeah, she, she was Oh, spoilers. Um yeah. I think Tara Manning is like the most unsung actress of our generation. Okay. So the next day, EJ's riding through this gorgeous scenery and she's bitching to her sister again about how long it takes to drive everywhere. And then this is where she's like, send me the good coffee. You know, the one from Starbucks. (laughs) Oh, wait. I thought she said the... Is this where she also says like... There's one point where she mentions um, Fairway. That's, That's where she mentions it. But then she says right away like... But... Because we can't get Starbucks. Is that is Fairway mm-hmm. much better? It's just, it's like, it's like, take a Whole Foods and make it snobbier and then stick it on the Upper West Side and fill it only with, like, very aggressive little old women. So, like, you walk in and it's, like, imported olives and fancy cheeses and... British dessert, like like British candies, but um, and it, it's an extremely extremely tight spot. But then, like the only other people in there with you are these like little old women who will run you over with their shopping cart. Oh, is it like is it like Dean and Deluca? Kind of, yeah. Okay, like, and like everyone knows Dean and Deluca from Felicity. Yeah, exactly. I can't believe. Sometimes- they gave her that high, like, that, that Dean and DeLuca was like, you know what? I'm going to put my money on Felicity. Yeah. I still can't get I over still, that. I still sometimes walk past where the Dean and DeLuca that Felicity worked at used to be <laughs> over by NYU. And I'm like, that's where Felicity used to work. <laughs> Wait, can we, though? Like, I haven't, I watched Felicity when it was on, like, because it, like, we all remember that iconic, um, what it feels like for a girl, uh, mm-hmm. CW commercial for, with Madonna, like a next level sort of Felicity flopping down this subway with her <laughs> hair. Okay. Um, I watched that and I rewatched, um, I watched it back then. And then I rewatched the pilot episode recently, maybe like two years ago. And I just like could not get past the lack of conversation around Felicity's mental illness. Like, <laughs> <laughs> there were a lot of conversations we... about Felicity that did not happen. <laughs> I mean, like, can like, so, like, literally, like, can someone help her? Like, if I was her parents, I would have been like, I understand, like, you think you're going to a new college, but we're like actually gonna fifty one fifty you for like a year 
Like, we need right. to, like, really rethink the whole thing. The fact that her parents, who were apparently, like, two very mentally competent individuals, like, allowed mm. their daughter to make this change, and then she went off and lived her crazy-ass life in New York, practically shaving her head bald one season. Like, I mean, we have conversations, Dot. Like, yeah, you know? and then she tried to, like, do the... Uh, the one that kind of blew it for me, I was like, girl, no, you, you need help, was when she tried to schedule sex and just, like, couldn't make it work. <laughs> I don't remember that. Who was it with, Noel or Ben? Noel? It was with one of the guys whose name is, like, Face. Who? I mean, I don't re- I don't think it was the one that she had a crush on. I think it was, like, the one of the other ones. Who was they the were like, heavy set roommate? Oh, I don't remember. I just... I remember Felicity. I remember, like, a parade of bland men, not unlike this movie, and then I think the Pink Ranger was also on that show. Okay, so yeah, Amy Jo Johnson. But yeah. um, there was um, there was a guy on Felicity. He played like Noel's heavy set roommate or Ben's heavy set roommate, and he's like a God. What is his name? I have to look him up because I mm-hmm. like was like he was like my crush like growing mm-hmm, up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I always mm-hmm. love someone that's a little bit like I was like into Egon like when okay. <laughs> Like, I always like the one that no one else is, like, going to go for because I'm, like, manage your expectations, even as a child. (laughs) So I liked this, like, you know, fat, funny roommate. And I remember one of the guys that I was working with a few years later um, worked on a pilot with him. And I was like, oh, um, oh, yeah, Greg Grunberg is his name. And sounds terrible. And I he came to set. To like when we he, and he is like a married man like I knew this and I also was like probably like an emotionally a teenager at the time but like <laughs> he came to set and I remember just like I couldn't look anywhere I couldn't talk I couldn't say anything like I was like I just can't believe like Hollywood baby this is all really where it happens like one day you were watching Felicity oh. at 13 years old and then the next day you know, you're in Hollywood, baby, and you're meeting your crush, the heavy set oh, roommate. I, I from forgot Felicity. about him. I also had a crush on him. Yeah, and I mainly knew him because he was a cop in Heroes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He so, also has this like extremely bit role in the movie Connie and Carla, where um, they just show up to L.A. and they take the like double decker celebrity house bus tour mm-hmm. and they keep asking him if they can see debbie allen's house <laughs> and he just like gets so mad and is like we can just sit on my face <laughs> <laughs> yeah that it's sounds like, like a, my guy <laughs> it, it's just a two-bit role but yeah i think i met him once when i was working at uh the mbc store like hawking t-shirts and crap uh-huh. like because i think the one of the last seasons of heroes was coming out and i think they had whatever cast members they could pull together to show up. And I think he was one of them. Yeah, that sounds right. That mm-hmm. sounds right. Um, my friend did uh, two episodes on Heroes once. Oh, nice. That's my whole story about Heroes. Hey. I never watched it. I mean, I liked the idea of Hayden Panettiere being like a sassy little hero cheerleader, mm-hmm. but I never watched it. It had its charm and then it didn't. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like it. Um, wait, well, who was the guy that broke off of that? Was Viggo Mortensen on that? I don't think so. No, oh, wait, who was it the was the guy um, that like broke out from that. Milo. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's sad. Oh, that's Ventimiglia, sad that I thought he I was that it's... famous. Oh, I hate that. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> that sucks. Um, 
Anyway, if you're listening, buddy, thanks for the subscribe. So, <laughs> um, EJ uh, says that she gets to this like big mansion where um, Robert Lazar, a former client of hers, he had owned this gorgeous chalet, and she has convinced him to rent it out for corporate events. She says it's like keep saying chalet. Chalet. It's a chalet. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's what you call a, a house of that size there. I feel like, <laughs> right? Let's go to the, the, let's go to like, I don't know, the, the, the Riviera, uh, go however, of Montana. I mean, that's when you, chalet. I know, I know. That's what, well, it's like a ski chalet. It's like, that's when you know you're rich is like your local region has its own word for like semi-mansion. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, so she's like. She's like, it's the Montana version of Hearst Castle, which, like, that's generous, but that's fine. (laughs) This is really where things get wild. So EJ is walking through the house. She gets to the backyard pool area, and then she spots a pile of clothes next to the swimming pool. And knowing that no one's supposed to be there, she walks up to the pool, and who is it but Will from the post office. Um, He's swimming nude in the pool, and she's like, well, you're not. Mr. Lazar, and he's like, yeah, I know. I have permission to use it when he's not here. And he pulls himself out of the pool, and he's fucking just stands in front of her fully nude. Completely waxed. Completely waxed and fully nude. Doesn't ask for a towel. Doesn't reach to get anything. Doesn't suggest that, like, there's no modesty there. This is, like, look at my dick. Like, Mm. it's basically, I wrote, like, this seems like an assault to me. Yeah. Also, it seems like a lot of confidence for a guy just getting out of a pool. Right. I mean, well, we get a nice little, like, play on words sort of moment conversation out of Mm. that. So he says to her, are you enjoying the view? And she goes, let's just say Montana isn't all it's cracked up to be. And he goes, it'll grow on you. So they go back and forth with, like, another, like, probably four exchanges of this, like, you know, are we talking about my dick or are we talking about Montana sort of thing? Um, Which that part, uh, okay, now that you say that, that does seem a little bit more assaulty, like, it'll grow on you. Like, thanks, no. And by the way, like, to call this an assault is, like, obviously she would have to feel assaulted or, you know, Mm -hmm. looking back, she'd be like, I didn't ask for that. I'm freaked out. Right? Mm -hmm. This isn't that. But it is very bold. Like, to confront someone with your nudity that, (laughs) I mean, if it happens more than once, that's a problem. I think that he stood there and there was no, um, do you mind passing me my towel? Or anything like that. It just made me uncomfortable that they would portray this in a movie. Like, it was, like, either a jerk move or something that was supposed to be sexy. Because, like, if we're supposed to interpret that that showing your dick unwantedly to someone is, like, an asshole move, then Mm -hmm. that's not necessarily true. Um, But also, it's not hot. So what's the middle ground that we're supposed to be picking up on? I personally find myself right there in very uncomfortable land. Yeah, it's it's aggressive nudity. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Like, I, I keep thinking of this, like, Reddit where this guy, like, wrote, he's like, oh, am I the asshole for, like, thinking that, for, like, kicking my roommate's girlfriend out? And he was like, my roommate and his girlfriend know that I hate walking in on their kinky sex. But every time I come home, they're fucking in the middle of the living room 
and then they make eye contact with me all the way until <laughs> I shut the bedroom door. And I'm like, yeah, that's fucking assault, dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> they're repeatedly presenting you with an image that you're uncomfortable with that is sexual in nature in your own home. That is a mm-hmm. form of assault. Now, I mean, this is a very gray area. I just want to say that I think my um, my immediate response to it was the lack of shamelessness around the nudity for a man who is at every turn quick to stomp down the idea that nudity is possibly a good idea for the community. Yes. Yeah, exactly. He sure shows up naked in front of her and then like poo poos it for the rest of the movie. Yes, when it's the thing that saves the town, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, which which also is very weird in that they hire EJ to come here and think of plans to save the town. And she's like, I have literally one plan, and it's a calendar. <laughs> right. She didn't even have that plan. She didn't even have that down. <laughs> she had to see references of old bad calendars to be like, wait a minute. Um, she had to sit down drunk with a bottle of red wine or a bottle of white wine and watch Calendar Girls and think. <laughs> Can you imagine being such a... a- bizarre mayor of a small town a bizarre man that looks a lot like uh paul Shear, really yes he does actually and, and to be like i want to hire this girl from new york i don't need a plan i don't need any of that you'll figure it out after i give you money i like, mean she must be making 70k like she's not making any less than 70k i'm guessing they put out 120 on this broad to come out with mm-hmm. no plan and make it happen and to ej's credit she made it happen and she's got this 500 dollars a month apartment and for all we know, her. they're paying for her car too because she didn't have yeah. she didn't drive to Montana. And it seems like they're almost they're okay with whatever comes out of her mouth. I mean, they kind of have to be. They have no mm. reference, right? All they, I mean, like it's sad because when we find out what um, we actually find this out in this next scene, Eric comes in with the box of calendars that they can't use because they didn't sell for the fundraiser that year, and he's like, "Maybe I'll drop them off at the tourism board." So. I mean, it is sad to think about. We've all seen those calendars. We all get them from, like, the bank or whatever else. And they're mm-hmm. just sort of, like, local, sort of stock imagey feeling photos. It makes, it makes, I'm going to think about those every time that I see them from now on. And think about how could they have made this punchier? <laughs> I don't know. They could have spiral bound them and had them being passed out at the church yeah or like you know photograph a little gnome into each picture like make it a a where's waldo sort of thing or like and and, and also if they ended up successfully shooting down the calendar which you think for maybe three minutes that maybe they will but we all know they won't what was the backup plan was she just gonna pack it in and leave no, I think that she just had to find her project and this presented itself. Like, I think that she probably would have put together some sort of other thing. She would have tried to make Fetch happen in some sort of other way. I think that she would have, like, tried to, you know, bring some sort of, like, I don't know, some, like, something valuable to the town. Like, find some sort of cover band or make a commercial or, I don't know, just something that Especially she Especially could- since this is supposed to be their, um... Uh, she's supposed to be there to bring in business 
Like commercial uh, clients that'll come and rent the space. Like when you go to the Lula Row conference, for example, and like yeah. they have it on a cruise ship. Like she's trying to be that cruise ship. She's trying to be that mm-hmm. place that like Dell employees all want to go to for their like retreat. Right. But then they yeah. all end up being um focusing on this calendar to buy a helicopter for the the ski patrol. Yeah, and, and they do it in a way where it's not like other stuff is going on in the background. Like, there's no real dropping hints of like, oh, well, we were able to book all of these corporate clients, but we need we need something else to put us over the edge, and it's going to be this calendar. It's really mm-hmm. just, we need this calendar. I think they were, yeah, they are saying we need some heat around us because, like, the only way that they were able to get it done, you guys, we're going to just go ahead and flash forward to the end of the movie. Um, we we only find out that Jan is booking corporate clients because the calendar got on the news, which when, when EJ first said, you know, like, we got to really, like, get Mr. December to, like, pop for us because we when Oprah and People Magazine start calling, we're going to... And when EJ said it, I was like, oh, sweetie, you're fucking crazy. Like, because these things are a dime a dozen. Like, uh, like half the, you know, fire departments in the country have, like, a sexy fireman calendar, right? Um, I guess this was a... No, because it wasn't. Like, they had already done this on Sex in the City with, like, the firefighter like, thing in Staten Island they do. Like, we all have known about hot men of service for a while. But... It You know, I mean, I guess I can see in a backwards way how this worked. It got media attention on the city. But it is it is honestly this is a little bit of a fool's errand because like unless she she would literally have to cut her salary in half to bring some sort of meaningful business to the town that would make it a tourist destination. But in reality, these people are such hardworking, like local family type people that they wouldn't have any need for a business in town that they themselves wouldn't use. So it's like kind of a catch-22. I feel bad for these people, man. Like, I feel bad for these fictional people because that's a struggle. And they're going to have to invest in a bunch of infrastructure if they want to have that thing because there doesn't seem to be the type of amenities that, uh, like you know, the... That's what I mean. Like, they could never open up, like, some sort of, like, macrame studio because then you'd have to have half the town doing macrame, like, every weekend. Mm-hmm. Like, and they're, yeah. they're just, that's not going to happen. Also, the fallacy of them buying cupcakes from themselves at this bake sale every weekend so that they can go out and continue to do rescue work on their, I mean, it blows the mind. It's like, mm-hmm, really, mm-hmm. this is a huge American issue. Andrew Yang, get in here. but yeah like couldn't they put a down payment on a helicopter if they didn't hire her 100 percent. that's this whole thing it's a snake eating its tail it makes me really nervous it really does this actually really speaks to the american condition Mm -hmm. (laughs) like these people are this could have been a whole like full time so they can do they can do what their state should provide for them like the state should be providing these resources that could have been a whole thing where, like, they had provided the down payment and they were, but then they realized that they can't afford the actual payments. And so they have hired her to try and bring in more business and 
that's the, the the push and the drive of all of this. I think honestly, where it was is that they couldn't afford the paper to print the calendar on. So they, yeah, <laughs> like it seems but, like they're really living like hand to mouth, but like also ass to hand in this town. Like it's really mm-hmm. like all the money is being cycled through these same individuals. It's very concerning. Because what EMTs are getting paid the money for, like, what what is it, helicopter fuel? What's the real, when we get down to it, is this about helicopter fuel? Well, how, how often would they even be using this helicopter? I mean, it sounds like people are falling off this mountain every damn day. <laughs> to which case, I say, what what does it cost for a roll of caution tape? Also, like, and then there's, this goes back to the whole thing, like, this isn't presented as a ski town, but... They're they're people falling off the mountain all the damn time because they're bored. They go- it's like two bored ass teenagers snowboarding <laughs> down the side of their house, and then you know, next thing you know, because they needed to have that caution tape put up in advance. Once you get that up, I, I feel like people usually follow the rules. You don't want to cross caution tape. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true, but yeah, it's it's so baffling. It's just like I I don't understand why. There wasn't something where it was more like, okay, we're bringing you in and we need to get, you know, X amount of millions of dollars in corporate sponsors and stuff like that to justify all this and to pay for all this stuff. But instead, it's just like, you know, sell calendars that probably won't equal your salary. It's just right. Well, I mean, I think that like, yeah, the whole the whole thing around this is because I go straight to like, well, wouldn't that be like the state's job to have, for example, like local helicopters available? But then you have to have the people like the boots on the ground, like the people that are actually going to go out there and get this guy. You can't possibly employ all these people, especially for a state as widespread and like not so densely populated as um, Montana. I mean. God, this is America, you guys. Like, we've got to figure this out. Like, how do I fucking, <laughs> how do I save Montana, guys? But no, like, they, this this mismanagement of funds makes me think that the mayor must yeah. have a secret family. And they also have an implication that the the guys on the patrol are doing this out of a volunteer basis. They are. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's all very, like, it's all these people just do it for the community. They do it for the love of the game. They do it because they like, they love where they live. We went over this at the bake sale. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, this movie really needed something more like, you know, we're trying to land the Apple account so that way they do all their retreats here and we'll have a big, high six-figure, low seven-figure contract from – Apple or IBM or some shit or Sony or something. It does seem like it was in the Trader Joe's like frequent flyer thing or whatever that they actually are looking for. Like they're like, um, this lady moved to Montana because I guess like later on when we meet Sonia, whatever, she's her already heard about this. So I know that some advertisement has been done mm-hmm. on EJ's behalf. But anyway, Let's get back to this. Um, I realized right in this moment that Eric looked like Corey Feldman. If like Corey Feldman had eaten vegetables and then was like never in a room with drugs or alcohol as a child, like they have the same essence. Is like, if Eric you melted the one down- that the, the secretary is into? Yes, okay. it's Jan's boyfriend. Okay, yeah, he yeah. looks exactly like Corey Feldman on the inside. Okay, like okay. if you melted him down. Um, 
So EJ notices the sexual tension between them and asks Jan what's up. And Jan's like, look, we've been doing this dance for months now, okay? Um, And then they agree that the calendars are a fucking snooze fest. Um, (laughs) Jan's like ready to get drunk, but EJ now has a new plan for the evening. So we're back from commercial. We're now at the rescue lodge. Since we're about to hear a bunch of dude voices, you should know that the most negative one in the room is Will. Um, the guy that I'm in love with is the one that says she's got a point. <laughs> if tourists are worried for their safety, they'll go to Idaho or Aspen. And then he's also the one later on who says this isn't about you, Will. Um, let's play twenty six twenty to twenty nine nineteen. Uh, excuse me. Did you say naked? You mean totally? That's the basic idea of a naked calendar. <laughs> I'm sorry. Does someone have a cold? No, um, but someone needs her head examined if she thinks resorting to cheap gimmicks is a good idea. Okay, okay, guys, hear me out. Now, in the past, your fundraising efforts haven't really shown your true asset. Which are? You men. You're great at what you do, but you need new and updated equipment in order to do your job. What's going to happen if and when there's another avalanche? She's got a point. Tourists are worried for their safety, they'll go to Idaho or Aspen. Thank you. I don't think I'm going to pose in my birthday suit. I haven't been in a bathing suit since I was, like, 22. (laughs) Think of this as more sexy than naked, David, but with humor and in good taste, of course. I don't want my kids to see this. No one is actually going to see anything. You'll have things to cover up. Cover what? Certain body parts. No, I think he means what kind of things. Oh, sorry. Um, Tools of your trade, like... The axe and the snowblower. Helmets. Okay, okay, it's funny. But here I have a detailed breakdown of other calendars similar to the ones I'm talking about and what they've earned over the past three years. Exactly, it's a tired idea. Between calendar sales, corporate sponsorship, and extra cash from the publicity, you'll see the difference between what you've already raised and what you need. That's if it sells out. In any case, it's better than the $112 you've made from selling cupcakes. Hey, look, I, I get this, I do. I'm just, um, I'm afraid about losing customers. Oh, that's where you're wrong, Les. You own the kitchen design store, right? Yeah. That means the majority of your customers are women. So when it comes time for them to resurface their cabinets, they'll think of the hot search and rescue guy hanging on their wall. Okay, guys, 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 listen. It's been done a million times. And when no one buys it, I guarantee This idea isn't about you, Will. Hey, don't you think some of us are past our sell-by date? Yeah. <laughs> Dave's right. I mean, who's going to want to buy a picture of him? <laughs> you know what? You're real men. There's nothing more appealing and sexy than a man who's comfortable... In his own skin. Exactly. I realize this idea is slightly unconventional. You guys need to raise a lot of money. And yes, you don't know me yet. But I'm asking each and every one of you to take a leap of faith. When I moved here, I realized that this station was at the core of Kalispell. Every family has been touched by it and depends on you. You're right to be proud of what you do. So I hope you all will do whatever it takes to get the rescue station you so deserve. So I'm going to describe Jason to you guys. He's the crush that I talked to you about. 
but we're so thrilled that we're all like, you know, sort of on board with this calendar idea, just to be clear. Um, so Jason is like, you know, how dogs keep evolving to get cuter. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So like, imagine like if there was a very cute frog and like 20, like in, in 2200. Okay. That's where we are. We're very far down the line. There's like a cute frog that has like the big eyes of a frog and is very cute. And we're not going to kill it because we love frogs now. And then if you took like primitive man, like, like Tarzan and you made that frog and Tarzan have sex, that's what Jason would look like. <laughs> he does. Doesn't have... he look like sort of like a futuristic hot frog and Tarzan? Yeah. He does look like he could be playing like. Tarzan in like your community theater version of Tarzan and they were like well he's not a good actor but he looks really good in a loincloth and he has the floppy hair yeah or him in Avatar like honey paint him blue Mm -hmm. he would be fabulous we would love that Mm -hmm. do you think Jason's a bad actor um break it to me well no I can't tell because half of this is like it's not that great of a script. And like... <laughs> oh, wow. Well, we said it. <laughs> <laughs> God damn. And Kristen... And like certain people like Kristen Chenoweth are just Ugh. like shining like nobody's business. And yeah. just making whatever that coming out of their mouth just absolutely shine. And other people you can kind of see where they were like... And you kind of wonder, would you be better if this script what was it was more workable? I will be honest with you and say I thought it was a pretty, like... I mean, you're right. Actually, you know what? You're right. Joe, what were you going to say? Fuck me. I no. think you're right. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm with you. The script the script has these, like, weird little nuggets in it, like the freedom is a prison thing, but... And also the sister, the way that... I mean, the way that Kristen Chenoweth and her sister, who plays Roz... Played, they play a couple scenes so well together that I'm like, did uh, honey, were these sorority sisters? Like, they're so good in a couple scenes, the way that they play back and forth, that mm-hmm. I really bought it. And you're right, I think it is the performances that make this movie stand out, like, especially some of the, the casting in particular is really good. I think that they had to find, like, 15 hot guys that could act, which is a tall order for Lifetime. Yeah, honestly, it's a tall order in a lot of places. No, it's actually in general. You're right. It's a tall order for 15 conventionally attractive people to be cast in one thing. It's really difficult, especially if they're all supposed to have their own unique characters or whatever. Um, We stand lifetime. And there's certainly moments where I'm like, okay, that person is not a bad actor. Like, um, I don't think the... um, I think it's the the hot rock climbing... um, police officer jesse yeah yeah there were a couple moments where i was like okay you're not a bad actor but oh my god how do you know jesse's name well i I remember him from the bit later where they're all like oh my god you waxed your chest and he's like oh that was him oh yeah oh i thought he was the see this is where we're gonna fall into trouble you guys (laughs) who the fuck are these people like literally who are these people? they honestly could have literally had some of them play two people and i would have bought it same (laughs) same so after the meeting or whatever jan's really feeling like the energy of all of this and she's like okay working for ej is really exciting and she says to ej in the office she's like listen i've heard people from new york aren't touchy-feely but i really needed someone like you in town and I don't know when she heard that, but all I could think of Jan, like, who first hugged EJ when she met her, 
now she's saying like I heard people from New York aren't touchy feely like all I could think about was Jan like sitting in therapy that week being like I just don't understand why she won't hug me like I really <laughs> like DJ and like I've been nothing but nice to her and like I just think she's so great and I don't know why she's so cold and like I understand it's professional but it's not really our office environment and the therapist's like Jan, it's okay. People from New York aren't that touchy feely. <laughs> the way she just said, gave a note to her that I was like, oh, honey, you talked about that in therapy. Like, you absolutely discussed that in therapy. Otherwise, why are you mentioning this to a woman that you've already draped yourself over? Like, the fuck? Yeah. Also, you can't help but be touchy feely in New York if you're riding the L train during rush hour. Am I right? I mean, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If the so L train even exists, yeah, five times there. <laughs> on the occasion that the L train does exist, yes, dude. We were, I so I was in New York like last week, and there was throw up all over part of the subway. And this guy, um, I so I got on the train and I wasn't sitting because there was like throw up running down the down the train and my friend sat down because the throw up was narrowly missing her feet and then the guy next to her seemed to be sort of on the other side of the puke and like he and his friend were both denying that they knew the source of this uh when we got on the train this was by the way middle of day and of course of course and um my i finally like at the next stop like someone who was on the other side of the guy got up so I went and sat down and my friend says to the guy, can you trade spots with me so I can sit next to my friend? And the guy like looks down at his feet where the puke is not going. And my friend is sitting like in the puke because she's 24 and doesn't care about herself. And <laughs> she says to him, like, can we trade seats? And the guy's like, no, sorry, I, uh, I, I avoided that situation myself. And then he rips his jewel for some reason, and, like, I'm someone that jewels everywhere, so I don't give a shit about that. But I'm like, why are you pretending to care about yourself? Just swap seats. It was almost like this thing where it's like, I said to her later, I was like, almost him being like, you asked for equality, you got it. Like, <laughs> oh, you want to sit next to your lady friend on the fucking train? Well, you know what? You asked for equality. My shoes aren't in puke. Yours are equality. <laughs> That was very much my takeaway from that, my recent train experience in New York. And I said to her, I was like, honestly, I side with him. I was like, you were asking him to put his feet in puke, like, as an exchange. Um, Was he... Puke and jewel. Yeah. Yeah, you, you... I agree. I'm. I mean, Joe. I assume you agree with me. I'm a fucking gentleman. Okay. I. Mean, uh, I agree. <laughs> I, I agree. But I will say, I feel like most real New Yorkers have had that thought. If I make myself vomit on the train, maybe people will back up and I'll have some <laughs> fucking space. Oh my gosh. That's so smart. That is so smart. You're right. They. He and his friends were oh all my- like. I don't know where that came from. And I'm like, well, let's just call a spade a spade. This is vomit. This is human I... vomit. Like, it is what it is. Like, either someone spilled, like, a fucking Jolly Rancher soda with chunks in it, or this is vomit. Like, there's, I, like, um, one time I was coming home, and it, I think it was, like, 11 o'clock at night, so it was it was still busy, but it wasn't super packed. And the girl next to me was, like... 22 and totally had been living her 22 year old getting drunk in New York fantasy. Yeah. So she was, she was wasted. She's like, she was like falling over me 
And then she starts to like, you can see her like doing the whole, okay, I'm going to hold it in until we get to a stop. Oh no. And so the woman across the, the train, like reaches into her bag and pulls up like a giant Ziploc bag and hands it to her. Oh God. And then the girl couldn't hold it anymore, so she throws it into the Ziploc bag, zips it up, and, like, puts it under the table. <laughs> we're all just sitting there, just like, nothing has happened. Like, like, welcome to New York. Here we are, baby. Big dreams. It's right. all happening. Yeah, it is, Arda, it is those moments in life where you're like, it wasn't how I thought it would be. Like, this yeah. is what my parents were talking about when they said that being an adult isn't everything you make it out to be. Um, what a delicious especially... treat for those rats, though. <laughs> no, it is true. Let's not be selfish. Like, that's a really good night for a rat. Um, fucking like a bag of fucking vomit. For sure, though. Okay, so um, Will comes into the office to assert his dominance, and this time he has his dick in his pants, and he tells them that the squad, the squad voted no. But thanks for your offer. Um, she tells them that, you know, even if the whole state of Montana had a bake sale, they couldn't make the money they need. And Will's like, I would just prefer not to make a joke out of the rescue squad, okay? Um, he, doesn't, he doesn't understand why she cares so much about this. And she's like, it was my job to bring tourists to Montana. And he's like, oh, so you're doing this for altruistic reasons, so you can help the people you'll never think about or see again. No benefits to your career. Um, and, well, like... And and while I thought this was a really dick thing, I will circle back to our greater point here, which is that she was never told to market the rescue squad. She was just told nothing. Yeah, they were like, uh, go do the thing. And then she was like, well, you have a town full of hot guys and average guys <laughs> yeah and also like rescue squad sounds like a middling a so it, yeah. it sounds like a porno <laughs> but it also sounds like a 2006-ish like cgi cartoon that was on like disney kids or something like that Totally. Yeah, it does. It sounds like a like a parody of like a of a real thing. But I I don't know why. For some reason I just realized like, okay, maybe he wasn't a dick. I wrote here in my notes that she was rightfully pissed off and argues back. Um, but like I don't think that she was rightfully pissed off. I think he brings up a good point, which is like, don't use our fucking volunteer people to push your agenda. But at the same time, Will is a wealthy man who owns a sporting goods store, which we don't know about till later. So, and also, we never see. And we never see. Um, so he, and then she's like, he, she's like, fuck off. And he goes, shh, people might hear you and you'll get knocked off your pedestal. And he leaves. And like, there's something violent about that. Like, I will say that for what Will lacks or what Will has in good points, like he lacks in any sort of decency as a human. That like, also felt like a scene out of like the OC. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Or maybe even just Laguna Beach. Like it oh, felt no. like very, <laughs> it felt very bootleg to me. I don't know. I, cause I, I think that, I think that basically his demeanor got me so confused about his actual good points that I, well, then there were other instances where their relationship is is like immediately out of um, 
like Pride and Prejudice or Jane Austen or something. And it's like, it was like whiplash. You know, people actually, someone wrote to me and said, because I asked about it on Twitter yesterday, and someone said, it's like a Pride and Prejudice movie. Mm-hmm. Um, which, like, I just don't, I guess I just don't draw those comparisons in my day-to-day. But I, I can see why people would say that. I guess I'm just, like, a little dense in that way. Um, so he leaves and EJ uh, tells Jan that Will should be locked up. Um, which I wrote at the time, I was like, this is hyperbolic, but it honestly should be because he's a psycho. Looking back, no, it's just regular ass hyperbolic. Like, you should not be locked up. He actually made a good point. Um, Jan tells him um, that that's just who Will is. He's the most happy when he has something to be mad about, but he's great when you get to know him, which is like <laughs> the qualities of a of a wife beater. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. This also <laughs> seems like such a New York thing to happen of like, she comes in, she's like, here, I have a total plan to completely fix everything. It just involves all of you being extremely uncomfortable and then putting that image of your uncomfortability out for everyone to see. It's very Miss Piggy. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very Miss Piggy attitude. Like, I'm yeah. doing it my way. Um, she goes, she goes, yeah, well, they even say Hitler was charming when he met, when he was Corda Ava Ava Braun. And it's like, let's calm down. Like, with the comparison. Like, let's absolutely calm the fuck down. Will is not Hitler, my friend. That was crazy. And, and at this point with how everyone was reacting to the idea of not even full nudity, I kept flashing back to that episode of The Simpsons with the, like, burlesque like a uh, place that they would go to that the town went mad about because there were people who were almost naked sometimes in it. I don't remember <laughs> that episode for some reason. That's it's a great episode. That's the one that um, has that song. We put the spring in Springfield. Oh, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Well, like that, that is the other thing. It's like, she just kind of like pitched an idea and, like, most mm-hmm. people were unsure about it. I'm pretty sure that that is not even close to what happened with Hitler. But, um, <laughs> like it's, it wasn't like Hitler threw out a soft pitch. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she tells Jan, you know, I'm going to make this happen anyway. So she begins her campaign starting with the mayor. So let's do 31, 27 to 33, 31. You're always saying EJ is the expert, Bob. If someone is willing to pay to see you without your clothes on, I say go for it. But, Bonnie, I have a position to uphold. Will people still respect me if I pose? I can assure you, Mayor Bob, you will not lose your dignity. He has dignity? (laughs) I can't believe you convinced Mayor Bob. I finally realized I'm a pit bull and I wasn't going to let it go until he gave in. Jan, seven down, five to go. You're right, it affects us all. Uh, I would do it, but it would upset Laura. Laura, you're not looking at the big picture. No, I get it. You're doing this so you can hit on Rick. No, I'm not. I'm envious. You're so lucky you have a husband who puts your feelings above everybody else. The rescue boat does need patching. EJ, you did not have to do this. Well, it's my way of saying thank you, Henry. I would have never gotten Rick without your help. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Just don't eat too many before the shoot. <laughs> uh, so as far as convincing Andy and Jim, I know they're brothers, so I was thinking of taking them to dinner and... Together. Yes. Trust me, you do not want to do that. Why don't I? Because they're not going to listen. 
They're going to spend the whole time trying to see which one's going to get the waitress's phone number. Have they always been like that? Ever since Little League. When they were on the same team, they would strike out every time. But when they were playing against each other, suddenly they were hitting grand slams. I think I can work with that. But just in case they still won't pose, do you think you could threaten to arrest them? I can't do that. Club them into submission? Sorry. Stun gun? Not going to happen. It's worth a shot. <laughs> it's not happening, EJ. Okay. No biggie, Jim. I guess we'll just be in. It's not happening, EJ. There's lots of other guys who do it. I know. It's just that I would be offending you if I asked Jim to pose and not you. I know my brother, and there's no way he's posing. I'm not posing, EJ, and Andy won't if I won't. Too late, Jim. What, Andy said yes? Jim said yes? Right now we're at the post office. Uh, Diana's told EJ that she's heard about her calendar. This is like, it's causing quite the commotion. It's so small (laughs) this town is. So Will comes in and tells her, you know, we both like to send mail on Saturday. Maybe we should get, you know, breakfast on Saturday too. She's like, no, I need to know where Kinko's is. And he's like, there is no Kinko's. Like, he's proud of living in a place with, like, no resources whatsoever. Also, it's 2009. How do they not have, like, a Kinko's and a Starbucks? At least, like, be like, oh, do you want to come by my apartment and make some copies on my printer scanner? (laughs) Like, he's just trying to make her life difficult. So she throws her dry cleaning over her arm, which, like, I, of course, you note that I noticed and love that she dry cleans in this town because she's probably, like, the sole, like, (laughs) customer of this dry cleaner. She is keeping that place open. They were failing before she got here. Because, like, what does this woman wear that's not dry clean only? Like, once she started... Like, wielding her dry cleaning around, I was like, (laughs) oh, my God. I was like, she is not wearing, like, those cashmere shell tops more than once. Like, she absolutely (laughs) is getting that shit dry cleaned. Holy shit, what does it cost to be EJ? It costs a lot. (laughs) It ain't cheap to be EJ. You to have your coffee imported, have your clothing dry cleaned dry cleaning is a drug though like i'll be honest with you once you cross over to a time in your life where you're like i'm gonna get that dry clean only thing like it's fucking over like you might as well do heroin (laughs) like it's so expensive you're like all of a sudden it's 36 dollars a week to wear the clothes that i already own um so ej runs into henry and henry helpfully shows her where she can get some photocopies made um do we see henry again after this because i was like I think Who he's the it? chest guy. Or he's the, the cop. Chest. Is he the cop with the muffin <laughs> basket? No, because that guy was like... <clears throat> Henry seemed a little bit more young and adorable. And the cop with the basket was like... Beefier. Yeah, he had a little he had a little beef to him for sure. He reminded me a lot of the Christian vloggers I love that I was watching yeah. before. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know. I told Joe I decompressed before this podcast with about a good twenty minutes of Christian bloggers. Like that's really what like does something for me. I just like to wash my brain with that. But yes. yeah, you can't run a good Christian family without being a beefy blonde man. That's one thing I've learned. Yeah, I mean, just look at like everybody on Girl Defined. <laughs> Right. Oh, my God. You know Girl Defined? I do. Oh, my God. I I love that you know Girl Defined. Mr. Struggle? I I don't watch. I I watch other people watching Girl Defined. Have you seen the one with Cody Ko where they talk about Mr. Struggle? No, I haven't. Oh, my God. It's my favorite. It's this whole thing where she's like, you don't want to date a guy like Mr. Struggle. 
That's what we call a man that, <laughs> you know, we can never really get it together. He doesn't really like, he never really has a job. Like he has a, like, basically like she's describing just like an average man who's having a hard right. time getting a job and deals with basic mental health issues. Okay. And she calls I'm- him Mr. Struggle. And it's like, girl defined, <laughs> what, what kind of no kissing ass man are you looking for? Also, what's up with, I mean, like, I doubt their husbands are all that great. No, literally, like, it's, um, yeah. you have to marry someone who's not, like, um, the one, one of the girls got married recently, and she'd never even kissed the guy. Oof. I can't well, I mean, imagine. Like, between them and, like, what is it, Paul and Morgan, and, ugh. I don't know about them. I think I do. I, are they the ones with the weird, ba- I mean, they all have weird baby names, but are Paul and Morgan the ones with, like, Lakeland? Is that the famous Maybe. Lakeland I, picture? They're the one where, like, he'll talk and he'll be really nice and um, very outgoing. And she'll sit there behind him and make faces. Oh, all of them. They're well, all yeah. of them. <laughs> That's what yeah. all, though, like, all of them are, like, driven by one narcissist, typically the man. And then mm-hmm. they have, like, a really pretty wife that just, like, you know, big eyes behind them the whole time. Um, oh, no. She makes, she makes these faces where she's, like, clearly judging all the people that he's talking about. Oh, oh, okay. Okay. I was expecting more like um, showing human, like showing like, oh, I'm smiling. That means we're happy now. And then I'm showing a concerned face. Okay. You have to link me, honey, because I need to know. This might be a new family to soothe me. I do. For (laughs) some reason, these families soothe me. It's like something so dysfunctional yet perfect about them. So she's on this date with Jason and Jason, my boyfriend, he's the frog slash Tarzan guy. Mm-hmm. And they're fishing and he's telling her, you know, you should sign up for lessons. You know, I, I want you to I want you to come here more often. And she falls in the water when a fish finally takes the bait. They have like a cute like, you know, she's trying to get the fish that's attached mm-hmm. to the thing she won't let go of moment. This and is then- also where she says that she's like a country girl at heart, which brings up the whole like she probably is from Oklahoma. Right. Well, I was getting like, what are you talking about? Like upstate New York? Like you're from Buffalo. Like, what are we, what are we getting into here? I, I, I agree. Her, her map is very confusing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need to see and some recent receipts on EJ. Yeah. I'm a birther. <laughs> I was also really surprised that, um, the fishing expedition wasn't more sexual. Like, right. It was pretty like her- straightforward. <laughs> Yeah, like her interaction with um with what's his face at the pool like immediately turned into double entendres. And like this, which I think would normally be a sort of like the the pool or the golf lesson or like it's always that thing where the guy has to come behind the girl and right. like put his arms around her so that he can put his hands on the rod or the stick or the whatever and then like twist and turn and it's just like oh they're touching and like there was none of that she well was just like, i'll tell you why it's because jason's <laughs> a sensual thinking man and mm-hmm. like he later when they're walking through the town after their fishing expedition he says to her you know what gets me people have no problem with graphic violence but are disturbed by the slightest display of human of the human body no wonder the rest of the world thinks we're nuts like mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like i think that jason's like you know what like, we use the human body. We're not going to be scandalized by it, okay? It's mm-hmm. you and me. We're out here fishing. That's one thing. And then we're naked at home. It's a different conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, just no guns. Like, that's what I'm getting from Jason. Yeah. Very passive, naked. 
So <laughs> I agree. There was something missing from that fishing trip. So then they pass Will. And this is huge. Oh, my God. This is huge. They pass Will, who's, like, loading his truck up with stuff and, like, kind of giving them a dirty look as they walk by. And Jason's like, well, yeah, we used to be best friends. We did everything together. And then Will's sporting goods store blew up. And he had <laughs> helped me get a job that would really make something of myself. But then he didn't want to help me. And so... You know, it's all about Will and Will's world. I don't want to tell you this, but he dumped his fiance the morning of their wedding. He said no one knows what happened, but she left town the next day. Jason says that he doesn't want to let her screw up her <laughs> happiness, and neither should she. So, like, Jason. And no one found the body. <laughs> He's running this whole, like, monologue that is so sketchy. It's like, girl, like, EJ, like, I know that you probably have not been in New York as long as you're willing to admit. But like, sweetie, like this man's a murderer. Like once yeah, like starts- that, that whole backstory was like an entire lifetime movie in and of itself, right? And it's like, Jason, you're the killer. Like we know <laughs> you're the fucking killer. Um, no one gives away that much plot without having like the darkest secret. So mm-hmm. EJ uh, sees Eric at the bar, and she does the sports ball thing with him. And by that, she's like, what is it? The Grizzly somethings? I don't know. What is it? Baseball? Football? And, like, one of the guys is, like, not so much of a dick. And he's like, they're all called the Grizzlies here. She's like, oh, Will's a pig. Um, and then Eric's like, Will wouldn't be my best friend if he was a pig. And then she takes a sip of the beer that he got her. It's called a, <laughs> it's called a powder hound. I don't know if you guys caught that. I, I I remember hearing it. I wasn't sure if it was, like, an, an actual beer or if it was one of those, like, stupid beer names of, like, we're going to mix a beer with... Uh, like, when you when you get a Flaming Dr. Pepper... Oh, it's right, like, right, Yeah, I wasn't sure which one of those were, but I... No, I, I so, like, the local... I loved this scene. <laughs> the local IPA is, like, the Powder Hound. Like, oh, you're not drinking uh-huh. Powder Hounds tonight? Like... It's like when you betray, like when I was in Brooklyn, someone gave me some ass ass beer and they were like, oh, yo, like, w- like, you don't like this? I was like, literally, no. Like, did they make it out of the metal on the bridge? Like, I'm unclear on what the fuck this is. Like, I was like, unless this is made of like Bethany and Ramona's fight on that bridge, like, I'm not drinking it. So yeah, they have some shitty beers out here in Brooklyn. I mean, God bless, though. We all appreciate the business. And I feel like mm-hmm. Powder Hound is sort of a similar folklore where mm-hmm. it's like you got to drink the Powder Hound or you're not a true. Yeah. And I love that she like daintily spits called. the beer back and then walks up to the bar and says, first she asks for like a what? A Lillette on the rocks? Yeah. And then when he doesn't know what a Lillette is, which I'm so I glad feel you said like. This. Yeah, which I feel like. He should at least know what that is because that's like a specific brand of um of something. Yeah. She's just like, give me a scotch whatever. And then you loudly hear the extra or whatever go, never <laughs> heard of it. And it's like this thing where men do this to women sometimes or whomever. And they want to make them feel like they're crazy and have unreal mm-hmm. expectations. So like they look to each other. It's like if she walked up to the thing and was like, I'll take an Hermes. And he was like, I've never heard of it. She's like, a handbag. And then the man looks at the other man. And the man goes, never heard of it. And so all of a sudden, like, her initial request is completely invalid. Like, I hated it. But it also was such a good toss-away line to sort of show that, like, when women show up to this town and they're, like, different, Mm -hmm. they're fucking crazy. Whereas opposed to, like, if this man asked for, like, a whatever type of ski... Then like mm-hmm. he would get that ski. You know, these- <laughs> well, we see that later when she doesn't know what um, like 
abseiling is. Or oh, abseiling, yeah. <laughs> right, as if we were to know. I didn't know yeah. what abseiling was. So, mm-hmm. um, the guy, this is your big scene, you guys. This is the locker room. Do you want to just take <laughs> oh, <yeah>. over? <laughs> well, like, they, um, yeah, they basically, like, the guys are like, okay, we're ready to do this and we're going to do it. And they're sitting in the locker room and they're all taking off their, like, outer coveralls that are covering their slacks because they're all wearing slacks underneath their coveralls but they're not wearing shirts i didn't understand what this locker room was for like unless these guys are like doing practice rescues like i didn't know i'm like are they also on a lacrosse team like why are they in a locker room i figured it was supposed to be like a ski patrol thing but i don't know but they're all getting ready for their big photo shoot, you guys. Mm-hmm. And they're really bullying the one guy for being pale when all of them are kind of pale. They're no, it's the opposite. Pale. The fucking pale guy is like railing on the wax chest guy. And then he's like, oh, why are you removing your nose hairs? And then he says yeah. to the other guy, like, oh, whatever. Like, they're all acting like they're being fucking cock blocked by it. Like, mm-hmm. this pale guy is acting like he's being cock blocked by this thing. And then they're like, also, you know what? You should get none a little of tan. them would look the way that they look without um, extreme narcissistic gym behavior that includes waxing and includes like protein bars. I mean, I think that's the whole thing because, like, like we still we see uh, Will and Eric are jogging, and Eric's mm-hmm. like, "Do you hear Bob's wife told him not to eat a donut the other day? Like, fucking pussy! Yeah. Like, this is like very straight boy culture where they're like." Oh, some, like, fucking bitch entered the picture and tried to make our lives better. Like, fucking, now all their wives are, like, on our fucking dick. Like, guys are just such dicks like that. It's like, they are, but like oh, Bob's like, wife told guy- him not to eat a donut, so now you all have no dicks? Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand the scenario. But then, like, the guys that they have, so they're all, like, they all look like they're in their 30s. Uh, at, like, like, like we're, we're, like, I'm pretty sure this is a lifetime 30, which means they're all 25. But, right. Um... <laughs> They're all at least 30, and you don't look that way, because they're all very, like, they're very WB from, like, the late 90s um, hot, and, like, uh, they're Josh Dulamel hot. Okay. Like, they have, like, that body, they have, but it's still, like, thin. Yes. Um, And everything is completely waxed. Like, there's, like, a lot of scenes where... Like, their pants are, like, either unbuttoned or they're very, very low. And you're like, oh, you didn't just wax. You waxed your pubes. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, like, there is no, like, even straight guys are still having to do the, like, well, okay, so, like, today, like, I, can, I can't have any donuts. I got to have, like, chicken for breakfast and then chicken and broccoli for lunch. And then I'm going to have some more chicken for dinner. And then I have a protein shake before I go to bed. Because, like, right now I'm on my game period. So I need all of this protein. Because, like... So, yeah. They would they'd be like, yeah, man. You can't have that donut because that's a whole lot of processed carbs. And you we told you, you're not, you're not doing carbs right now. You got to cut. Not game. We're going to cut. But, like, these guys, like, have to do this for one week. Like, they literally right. have to do one week of prep. Like, this is, mm-hmm. like, an average person who appears in a photo. Like, this is their... Yeah. This is every week leading up to something. 
These guys have one week of their life where they have to mm-hmm. show up not bloated and and groomed and like right. they're all being like oh you fucking pussy like <laughs> yeah, really yeah. Which, that's another thing because that hits into the whole um I, I think i knew somebody who once called it the uh the the miscongeniality dilemma or clause or whatever where you know she goes into the beauty pageant and it's only about um they're there for three days and they won't let her eat carbs and it's it's shown as you can't eat carbs because we don't want you to gain weight not so much you can't eat this food because you're going to bloat um and there's no way that like her having a ham sandwich for dinner is going to cause her to show up the next day and be like 50 pounds overweight not at all if anything my friend was on something called the flat belly diet that in- mm-hmm. entailed him eating two ham and cheese sandwiches a day with mayonnaise on it. And I was like, this yeah. is your fucking diet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's the best day of my life. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no. Yeah, but so it- they would all be, like, on some, like, insane, stupid ass, like, we're eating nothing but, like, chicken breast wrapped in bacon for the next week. <laughs> yeah. I can't believe that none of them talked about meal prep. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like straight guys that do that stuff are always talking about meal prep. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, my God. They should have been meal prepping. I mean, honestly, in that community, they probably couldn't have afforded not to. Um, so let's play this scene. All the bake sales that they're having. <laughs> well, carbs are part of the carbs are legally a part of the deal there. Exactly. Um, we're going to see EJ is on a date with the thinking man in town, Jason. And then the next morning, she's going to talk to her sister. Then after that, she's going to pick up a new outfit and meet a lady named Sonia. Let's play 4141 to 4340. I can't believe I never realized what a perverse movie The Wizard of Oz is. <laughs> Seriously, you've got this lonely girl who lives in a black and white world in Kansas. No friends, except her dog. If she stays there, she's going to waste her life. Then she gets down someplace exciting and color. Lots of adventure, friends, and a big future. And all she can do is moan, there's no place like home. <laughs> I mean, by the end, I was rooting for the witch. <laughs> EJ, the Wizard of Oz? You of all people wouldn't be caught dead doing that in New York. Well, I've seen the Wizard of Oz a million times, but I've never seen it in a theater. It's really fun. And your date? That's fun, too. Are you going to see him again? Uh Uh-huh. He asked me to go to an abseiling party. (laughs) I'm going to figure out what to wear. Excuse me. Let me think. Um... It's a look. Oh, right. I've got to find something for a sailing party, and they haven't yet opened a Barney's in this town. Oh, thank God, a breath of fresh cynicism. You can't be from around here. Oh, I'm a New Yorker. I'm only here temporarily. You're not E.J. Baxter, are you? I am. Who are you? Sonia Kendall. Gravitational navigational GPS systems, Sonia Kendall. No other. It used to be me and my ex-husband until I bought him out as part of our divorce settlement. Since then, profits are at 15%. Nice. Mm-hmm. Now, when I got your press kit, I was so impressed that I thought I'd take a quiet look-see around. But I'm worried this place is so quiet, you'd swear it was a morgue. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not what you're used to in Chicago, but it is the perfect place for your corporate retreat. Trust me, as a city girl, you can really recharge your batteries here. Well, my Zen master told me learning to fish might relieve my stress. <laughs> oh, oh, I have the perfect instructor for you. His name is Jason. Call him. 
I'm the last person on earth that ever thought she'd get into fishing, but trust me, it's done wonders for me. Okay, so by the time Sonia and EJ are done, I'm like, EJ, what the fuck are you doing introducing your crush to this woman, Sonia? Obviously, all things will work out in the end. Also, where the fuck does Sonia come from? <laughs> Sonia literally came from the like the Trader Joe's flyer. Yeah. She literally was like, I saw some of your marketing materials and thought I'd check it out, but I basically want to blow my brains out. And she's like, no, 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 go fishing. And she's like, (laughs) okay. And then, like, all of a sudden, Sonia's ready to, like, book the calendar for the year. Like, she's, Sonia really swooped in there in a good way. And, I mean, I get with her, she took Jason, so. Right, which now I'm thinking of, um, that maybe Jason's running a business, like, um, in Dirty Dancing, how Patrick Swayze is, like, teaching private dance lessons, and it's really code for just sex work. Oh, it's 100%, like, soccer moms only, please. Like, that is mm-hmm. absolutely the business that Jason's running. Which, by the way, like, God bless. Like, I appreciate right. that. And also, like, sort of, like, you know, not every fish needs to be thrown back into the ocean. Sometimes they're better <laughs> off in a better ocean. You know, sometimes just because you pulled them out doesn't mean that they need to breathe your air. You know? <laughs> So EJ talks to her sister who's working on her laptop with her Bluetooth. And this was the first time I felt true relief because that meant Roz is a job. Um, I've truly yeah. thought that Roz came to New York and married rich. And then like her sister was just like little grinder. And like she was out <laughs> there like hitting the streets and like doing it up every day. And like just sort of like pitying but also loving her sister from afar in her like Manhattan apartment. But Roz apparently. Does the sister have a husband? Yeah, she has a husband that she went to Paris with when she left her alone on the couch on New Year's Eve with her dog. Oh, okay. For some strange reason, I thought she went to Paris with the dog. <laughs> no, 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 no. The dog was um, EJ's New Year's date. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. she was in okay. Paris probably getting fucked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I thought that. Um, but wait, do you think Roz is more the chick that has sex addiction or like does <laughs> goes to Paris and does a bunch of coke? I was thinking more like, uh, I wouldn't say Coke. Um, I, I, yeah, she, she goes to Paris and she does some sort of drug and mixes it with, and mixes it with wine. And then like, look, has a blind look like she has a blind eye when her husband is like going in like. Going to the red light district in Paris. I was going to say that there's definitely, like, a... This also is in the news today, as well as hashtag Free Britney and other important things, like, um, Ed Buck got arrested, but also Thomas Middleditch is polyamorous, um, in a Mm. way that sounds against his wife's will. Um, Mm. but I was going to say, I felt that Roz was probably the Thomas Middleditch in her marriage, where she's like, come Mm. on, Howie! Come to Paris, we're swinging. Like, I kind of got this, like, <laughs> boss bitch vibe around Roz where I was like, oh, she is strapping on. Like, she literally, Roz runs this, sh- like, whole fucking town. Ooh, maybe she's the woman who's into pegging. I That's what I'm saying. I think that she's, yeah. like, I think she's a little bit of a daddy. Um, yeah, that's I, the vibe I'm getting. Um, But, so, she gets a call from Jason, and Jason's like, look, I'm not going to be able to hang out tonight because I'm stuck in bed with, like, the weirdest allergic reaction or food poisoning, Um, which, (laughs) 
are two totally different things. I've never seen an allergic reaction in food poisoning show up in the same way. Um, but we see that Jason is actually walking down the street with a bouquet of flowers. Um, he tells EJ to go ahead on the abseiling thing without him. So EJ meets up with the group, and she's dressed like she is going sailing around Manhattan. Um, but, but it's like sailing around Manhattan on, like, Tom of Finland's boat. Right. It's definitely a yacht moment. Like, she looks very, um, I don't know. Well, she had, like, the, the black leather hat and the cute little shorts, which I think were also black. She's like Shirley like, Temple. Al- yeah, but Shirley Temple, like, grows up in does BDSM. <laughs> right. Yeah, they all pitied her, too, when she showed up, which was terrible. I mean, mm-hmm. so she shows up, and they're all in their, like, Patagonia windbreakers, like, things that are meant to save lives. And mm-hmm. um, she's there, like, you know, in her fucking knockoff Barney's sailor outfit. And they're all like, where's Jason? And she goes, he's not feeling well. And everyone knows exactly what that means. Like, mm-hmm. everyone clocks it. Like, I would like to think that, like, I've been in rooms where I've said things and every single person has looked to the person next to them like, mm, that chance, that that's happening. Right. But, um, but why didn't none of them tell her what, even beyond Jason, why didn't any of them tell her what abseiling is? Because I think Jason was her sole connection to the moment. But, like, okay. I don't know. But, like, then when she got there, when it was all people she knew, I was like, was she just not CC'd on the invite? Right. I mean, I don't know. It sounds like Jason's not the thinking man that I thought he was. So, Jan asks Eric to help her secure her safety rope. But he's like, oh, no, ask Bonnie. She's better. Like, as if, like, he's like, oh, if I help Jan with, like, her harness, she's going to think I want to fuck her. So, like, tell her. Eric. Well, I also thought that like Jan was like, I need you to come harness, wink, 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 my safety, wink, wink, belt, wink, 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 wink. That is what she was saying, but it's like let her let her wink her fucking eye off. Like literally, all you're doing is harnessing her in. Like if she, right. she you know, like if someone asks you to like safety, like do their safety harness, you don't like ch- you like you check your ego and you just do it. You don't like. <laughs> Think about, like, how you're trying to cock block yourself. I mean, maybe. I don't know. I've never been in that situation, that specific situation. I was in it in the Boy Scouts, and that's a very different experience. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. 100%. So they're all like, why aren't you going down, EJ? And EJ's like, the only thing I like on the rocks are my drinks. And, um... (laughs) Will's like, well, you're the one who loves taking a leap of faith. Why don't you throw yourself down there? So basically, like, in an, in an attempt to not prove that she wouldn't make this calendar or whatever, um, EJ agrees to do this, and she starts to traverse her way down the side of the mountain, and she gets, you know, stuck. She's emotionally stuck up there and i thought there was going to be a whole thing where like she is there and she's like oh this is so pretty and uses that like i should bring like a photo crew here or i should take some photos and like this should be i don't know the 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 trust fall version 2.0 where you throw your employees down the side of a cliff and make them look at the pretty sight Okay, I had the thought that halfway down she was going to see Jason on a date with Sonia and that she was going to lose grip and fall and then like be in a neck brace for part of the next next part of the movie. 
Ooh, it's crazy that's... how all of that would have been more interesting than what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> but instead, Will just meets her halfway down and talks her through it. And like when they get, <laughs> get there, they sort of look like they want to kiss. And then Marcy runs over and is like, wait till Jason sees the photos that Dan took. And she's like, yeah. And then he like Will goes stomping off um, because he helped her face her fears. So after she says, she goes, she goes, yeah. So she says, Will, I just want to say thank you. So then let's play 50, 58 to 54, 50, where one man faces every woman's crisis for a brief moment. (laughs) Well, I just want to say thank you. Take care. Hi, it's EJ. The flowers are gorgeous. You really shouldn't have, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> I hope you're feeling better. And you have a visitor. Ooh. Can I speak to you? By all means, Mr. Albrecht. Sorry I didn't call first. Apology accepted. So tell me, how can the Tourist Bureau help you today? How do you stand it in here? You know, I'm really, uh, really stuffy. Sadly, the weather is beyond my control. Shall I open a window? Oh, no, 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 no. It's fine. I just, um... Well, first of all, uh, my business partners and I have been giving this calendar some careful consideration. And I've decided, uh, uh, we've decided that um, we'd like to sponsor it. We pay for all the production costs, which will, um, of course, make the uh, final profit. Well, this is a very generous offer, but I'm a little confused. Uh, Well, I admit that I still have my misgivings about the whole thing. But as long as the calendar's going to go ahead, we might as well try and make it as successful as possible. So you're doing this for purely altruistic reasons, with no thoughts whatsoever of how this might help your own business. (laughs) Um, Look, it's a natural tie-in to our store, but more importantly, I like to help people, and, and sometimes people get hurt, you know, and I don't know, you know, you don't mean for them to get hurt, but people... I'm sorry, what are you trying to say? I have feelings for you. And it's awful. I mean, you are bossy, and you're rude, and, and way too opinionated, and you're arrogant. God, is you arrogant. I mean, you really do think that God created the world with your help. It's, <laughs> I, I'd hope that these feelings would pass, but, well, the heart feels what the heart feels. <laughs> Even if it makes the stomach ill? I see we're on the same page. I don't know when I've ever heard it put more eloquently. You know, in the past, when someone has told me he has feelings for me that I don't share, I've done whatever I could to ease the pain, but that was then. Oh, no, 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 look, I'm just as repulsed by this as you are. Repulsed? No, 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 not repulsed. It wouldn't, look, look, would you rather me lied and, and, and pretended that I was happy? I can't imagine that That you... I wouldn't be thrilled? What woman could resist you after hearing that? You know, I wouldn't be interested in you if this was I am legend and you were the last man on earth. But even if I wasn't sickened by you, the fact that you delight in ruining other people's lives... Oh, oh, oh hold on, what? Jason, are you even going to deny that you cost him a job? 
Oh, yeah, Jason. He's had a real tough time of it. If I'm not being too rude, can I ask you, how well do you know Jason? Oh, well enough. And you're always rude. Mm. Well, excuse me for warning you to be careful. As to the other purpose of your visit, while we appreciate your very generous offer, we already have a major sponsor. Oh, really? Who? A company much bigger than yours. So, like, as a woman, these moments kill me because, like, I feel like when Harry met Sally, fucked this shit up for people where they started to think that, like, relying on your neurosis to, like, separate you from reality is, like, an okay thing. Like, not, like, being in the way of your own reality is, like, an attractive quality and that you can just throw back into someone else's face that they don't fit your narrative without feeling self-conscious about it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Because he's, like... I can't help it. You're crazy. You drive me nuts. I want to fucking murder you in my sleep. But, like, I can't stop fucking thinking about you. And it's like, <laughs> that is not a hot monologue. But, like, somewhere down the line, that got mistranslated as, like, well, he really is into me. You see, he wants to fucking kill me, but, like, he can't <laughs> I think that's me. where the, the, the person you mentioned talking about Pride and Prejudice brings us up because... In the book, the main character gets a marriage proposal where he's just like, your family sucks and you don't have a whole lot of money, but I can't stop thinking about you. And she's like, that's not the way you talk to me. Right. (laughs) And it's not presented in in Pride and Prejudice. It's not supposed to be sexy or appealing. It is supposed to be this guy is majorly screwing this up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, and by the way, like, he did majorly screw it up because all that made EJ do was get on the phone with Sonia, who she doesn't know mm-hmm. is, like, her enemy at this point. But she's not. She's doing mm-hmm. her a favor. This is Pride and Prejudice. Who the fuck am I kidding? And she's at her desk in Chicago, and she's like, you know what? I love the idea. My team agrees. We're going to sponsor your calendar. Um, Her team is, like, just Jason. So... <laughs> It, this wasn't Mike. So Mike, this is now when Mike comes into the mayor's office and tells him that he can't do the calendar. He tried everything he could to get himself in the right shape and feeling good, but he's just not there with it. He said that she's convinced him that this is a good idea and he'll sell and he'll sell the calendars, but he just can't. He can't be in it. So then Max, the photographer, comes in. He's I guess he's just there from New York, and he says they have about a million details to discuss about the shoot tomorrow. So now we're gonna cue to the montage, which I have decided to quit. Um, (laughs) No, I'll be here the whole time, but I figured you guys could, like, do this because I don't know. I'm not good at this. (laughs) One thing that I noticed, and I'm not saying this like, you know, gosh darn it, I I missed this, but they piped up this whole thing that it was going to, they were going to be almost naked or they were going to be completely nude, but there was going to be, like, a piece of wood or a, pine cone or something in the way and then they were all just shirtless well yeah this is i mean we watched a lifetime movie a couple weeks ago where a teenager got so addicted to bdsm porn that it ruined his life but we never (laughs) saw more than a pleather bra like right yeah like i think the closest we got was well actually no the mayor when he was in the hot tub we weren't sure if he was naked or not but 
like if if you can't see below the water, they probably wouldn't have had him get naked. Um, <laughs> I love that you're like, who fucking took off their underwear? Because I can't. <laughs> I don't well, I see at, it or not, I want to know that that mayor's fully nude under that water. Exactly. And then, um, what's his face? Eric, the one who kind of looks like David Tennant. The um, one who looks like Corey yeah, yeah, Feldman? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Like, he gets into a tent and comes out and he's just wearing a towel, which he refuses to take off even when they're doing a montage of him oh, shaving. Yeah, Eric is unbelievable in this because he's using his loincloth to wipe his face. Like, he's bending over. He's, like, sucking his mm-hmm. own dick. He's bending yeah. over to his own, like, the fucking hand towel that's covering his waist. By the way, right. I also was so disturbed when he crawled half naked out of that tent like a fucking baby. <laughs> Like, I understand that you can't stand up in a Coleman two-person tent, but, like, at least <laughs> have the, like, dignity to erect your body once you're, like, one knee out. Like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like, why are you crawling out of that tent like a baby? Especially since they were all just so nervous that, like, oh, you're going to see my junk. And it's like, the whole point of this is that we don't see your junk. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, I still don't understand. I mean, uh, I am I'm not a prude in any way, but there really wasn't another guy that wasn't the mayor of the town <laughs> to like pose in this. And the mayor is in like the arguably most scandalous picture. <laughs> Also, like, He's like chilling Marcy in the hot tub with like his hands behind his head, like, yeah, baby. Yeah, it's just like really the mayor. You couldn't mm-hmm. find anyone else. Well, this is a very heteronormative calendar because I thought there was at least a few beautiful women on the squad. They could like they literally acted like they were completely out of people that ever do anything of service by the mm-hmm. time that they were like only like eleven months down. Like I'm like Marcy's hot. Put Marcy in the calendar. Like, it doesn't have to be all hot guys. Like, this could, you know, maybe everyone can enjoy the fun. Thomas Middleditch (laughs) would love this calendar for his wall. A little bit of everything, you know what I mean? These calendars are designed to start arguments with wives. (laughs) That's what they're exactly designed to do. Oh, you like that? Oh, so that's what you like. Oh, okay. Either that is for like the secretary pool to sit there and have their like diet Coke break moment. Yeah. And then it's like goes home and it's like, oh, yeah, my fucking assistant is all horned up over Miss November fucking loser. I know that guy. He has a fucking tire around his waist. He could lose. And the wife's like, Don's not that bad. And he's like, oh, you want to fuck Don? And like this is how babies <laughs> this is how babies are born. Like literally it's like out of marital disputes like this. It's like yeah. someone's secretary like, looked at a picture York, of yeah. The New York Fire Department calendar is probably more risque. And even then they're all still wearing like suspenders and shit. Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean this was like to be clear, the least scandalous scandalous calendar of all time. It's the mayor shirtless with maybe one of his nipples popping out of like mm-hmm. a steaming jacuzzi like it's not... and the mayor had a decent body too like you know i think they asked him to i think he normally he must normally shave his head and they asked him to grow out the sides a little bit to give him that like middle-aged man tonsure looking thing but like when his shirt was off i was like actually no you're 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 in pretty good shape yeah not so bad i mean all of these guys have something to them like Marcy's mm-hmm. husband, no- most notably, I think, brings the most flavor to the calendar while 
like also the least substance. I enjoy him. Um, I also love the fact that like they have this entire thing. Like there's that one dude in the bike shorts who like they take the the the, the piece of grass out of his mouth and then he like flexes to turn his crotch towards the camera and they're all like. Like, yeah, look at me, I'm flexing, and look at my pecs, and look at my, uh, and I'm a guy. And then, like, the chubby dude, they're, like, just zoom close up on his face and have him, like, holding a snowball. <laughs> That's the other thing, too, is that this whole, the whole point of this is supposed to, like, show off Montana the same way they would every single year, except also have a hot guy in the picture, but, like, Based on the pictures we saw, like, we were maybe seeing some fuzzy green in the background that literally could have been at Sears Portrait Studio based on the way it showed up on film. And they kept being like, oh, my God, this award-winning photographer is taking these photos. The photos they showed in the movie were awful. (laughs) (laughs) Like, we got a jacuzzi, too. It may or may not have chlamydia still in it. Now, this also leads us directly into one of the absolute most perplexing moments in the entire film when they're at the bar after and the bartender has a doctored picture of the mayor on like a hot dude even though well wait the The mayor's already hot even though the mayor's picture itself is more scandalous than that picture so like the (laughs) The best part of this whole scene is, like, it happens right after the photo shoot, right? So, like, these photos, like, shouldn't even be developed. But they're (laughs) all, like, really worried about it. And um, the guy who runs the bar, Eddie, is like, oh, hey, I recognize you to one of the locals who was in the photo shoot. And he's like, I recognize you. You're the guy from the calendar. And then all of a sudden, the mayor turns to him and goes, guys, did we just make the biggest mistake of our lives? (laughs) And it's like, I, that is like literally like hearing your like plastic surgeon say like, oops, like (laughs) you, (laughs) when the mayor's asking you if y'all fucked up, like not a great sign. It's insane. It's just like the people in the bar, like bullying them being like, Hey, I heard you take your shirt off sometimes. It's like, what is this even? It's. Uh. Also, I heard you just took your shirt off, and it's and it's for charity, so that your rescue organization can get a new helicopter. Yeah, I heard you're trying to save lives, pussies. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things for me. It's like it's part of the job. Like you can't, you cannot model for a nude calendar and not have a, like a personality about it, a sense of humor. Like you have to be willing to be like, okay. Yeah, that's right. It's me from the nude calendar. You're fucking mayor. Like, you have to have, like, you have to own it, baby. Like, Lisa Renner, she mm-hmm. wants you to own it. Just own it. You just, like, have to be semi-proud of yourself for saving the community. That's all. But that's I'm that. kind of surprised they didn't take a, a page out of that one dude's book. Um, the The muffin basket cop. Oh, yeah. Who was just like, yeah, I'm hot. Deal with it. Fuck you. He's like, they're all pretty good looking guys. So it's like, okay, you have like 6% body fat. You're taking these photos where you're going to have visible abdominal muscles. So just because the waitress and the bartender at like sleazy Ricky's are making fun of you right now, fuck them. Like, 
But also they're making fun of him for, for being like, you know, like real men would just let actual men fall to their deaths. Because right. yeah. <laughs> that's what real men do. We don't get rescued in helicopters. We break all our bones and die. <laughs> like, okay. And I love how the waitress comes up like, can I get my copy signed? Like she would have a copy. Right. <laughs> Right, as if like the we have we haven't even seen EJ look over the proofs yet, but we do mm-hmm. have to point out that back back a little while ago, um, Mr. December uh, Will himself has decided to volunteer, and they all show up. The photographer, who from what I can tell has been gone for a week by now, has magically come back from Paris just to shoot Will semi-nude in the woods they all show up to a a, like a like a shoot that they don't know is happening and will is there shirtless with a bottle of champagne and the horse and this whole yeah yeah this all relies on will like showing up for this moment and like that was such a that was one of the moments where like so he's shirtless he's got the champagne but then his pants are like either just extremely like Early like like early two thousands Britney Spears low waisted, but um, or he had like tugged them down, but like it's right below his Apollo's girdle, which is that moment where I'm all like, oh, you waxed everything, didn't you? Yeah. And he's like sticking his crotch out, and then there's like the pony next to him, and he's got this like cheap ass bottle of champagne, and I'm just like, I can't. Yeah, Will has a I- reputation to maintain. I don't know if you picked up on that. Like, it's really honestly the cheap ass bottle of champagne killed me too, though, because like there's mm-hmm. nothing worse than seeing someone like think they're stunting with a bottle of like cooks. Like, there's yeah. nothing worse than that, and you do see that in real life. There will be mm-hmm. people being like, "We're drinking champagne," and I'm like. You're 28, and that is Cook's. That is a $6 (laughs) bottle of champagne. Like, let's calm down about all of that. That is not from the Champagne region of France. That's from the fucking discount section Mm -hmm. at CVS. Um, Yeah, this is like in the 80s when all of a sudden, like, everybody was really into Osti Spumante. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. Like, it's like, "Mm, we're having a moment, sweetie. That's how I feel about Vouf Clicquot, to be honest. I'm like, everyone just gets it because of the orange label. It's, like, not that good Mm -hmm. of a champagne. PJ is cheaper and it's better. Um, but champagne hmm. in general, it's a big headache. So um, EJ goes over the proofs with the photographer. Um, she's just seen them for the first time. When one, we've already seen a loose version of the calendar as an audience. And two, there's people in town that are like literally clowning the mayor at the local bar because they've <laughs> se- allegedly seen proofs of this. Like, this is so out of hand in this town where like someone could just be like, yeah, I saw the picture. And everyone's like, she saw the picture. Like, everyone just believes <laughs> it. So she tells him that the natural beauty of the men is shining through. And she dismisses his idea that they photoshopped the fuck out of these dudes. The guy's like, we cannot possibly run these photos. And she's like, no, run them. This is who they are. You know I like Photoshopping, but this is who they are. So just then, Will comes in, and the photographer leaves, and Will, like, looks at her, and he's like, shut up. And they start kissing, and then she looks at him, and he's like, shut up, and they kiss again. And all of this is happening in broad daylight on her desk in the middle of the Board of Tourism, where she shares, like, a multi-desk office. It's, like, basically a WeWork. Um, Right. And also, he did that thing, and... It's in, like, every romantic movie, and I personally hate it, but, like, the surprise kiss where it's just, like, 
Like, a kiss. Yeah. You're like, I can't yeah, even go yeah. on with my normal life. I can't even deal with average human mm-hmm. pleasantries. Like, I'm just, I just have to fucking kiss you or I'm going to eat my own fist. Like, it's very, like, violent. <laughs> like, it's. Yeah, and she's sitting here like, I can't decide if we're going to have, like, normal Photoshop or, like, over-the-top Photoshop. Like, are we going to go, um, are we going to do, like, Adele Photoshop or we're going to do like modern day um, Jennifer Aniston Photoshop. What is Adele Photoshop? <laughs> like Adele. Like usually that they're, they're always like. Oh, they're like, like Adele refused a... to be Photoshopped for this. Yeah. Like Adele or like this is Adele. She's untouched because she's beautiful. Yeah. I do love then it like... when like actresses do that and like the photos flawless. It's like, oh, how brave. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're so brave. Right. But then, like, Jennifer Aniston, every single, like, photo that she's in right now looks like, it's, like, so photoshopped. She could, she could be, like, Clara Bow. Can I say something that's, like, I don't know. I feel like I think Jennifer Aniston's, like, super pretty. And that's, like, Mm -hmm. I think, like, I don't know. Yes, I probably grew up in a little bit of a Jennifer Aniston echo chamber. But, Mm -hmm. like, I also, like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I don't know. Like, I just feel like you reach a certain age in life you can't walk around calling everyone ugly but i Mm -hmm. i um i saw this girl on twitter last week being like can like someone like fucking help jennifer aniston like get a fucking top lip and i was like wait a minute though like all of the money that she has spent trying to look untouched like that would be blown if jennifer aniston Mm -hmm. got a top lip that would topple the castle yeah like we, I mean, yeah, I, and I, and I think she's very pretty too, and it's just that for some reason, I just think the that's ads... the one thing that's keeping her like hanging on as a natural beauty mm. is that she hasn't touched her lips, and I'm just saying, Jennifer mm-hmm. Aniston, honey, I know you're listening. Don't touch those lips. Mm. You're beautiful. We, yeah. Um, but I know what you mean. Yeah, I do know what you mean. I've seen some also pictures. Also, tell like the unreal. like the Bliss Water people or whoever it was to like lay off on the Photoshop. Yeah. Um, wait, so now we go to, I guess the two of them have like, you know, made out on this desk and now they're sitting around on the couch at her place. They're eating grapes, which by the way, her house came fully furnished. That was another thing that I was like, where did all this furniture come from? Oh, it's part of the 120 or 525. So they're sitting on her couch and they're eating grapes and she's wearing his button down shirt and he's topless. <laughs> so I'm glad that you got that too. <laughs> oh, no, because it's in every movie. Like I have never like had yeah. sex with a guy and been like, let me put your shirt on that you were wearing earlier. <laughs> like, you know, be hot. like this fucking disgusting shirt that you've been wearing for hours. Like the the fucking full day of your life and then date we just went on i'm gonna put that on my body like no way and i'd like to meet a guy that's enticed by that i don't know where i don't know why that became like a sexy thing but also did they have sex and then he immediately puts on pants yeah i guess so i mean if you're gonna eat dinner you have to put pants on (laughs) the fact that they're eating grapes too was so like oh it just did something wrong for me i didn't love it (laughs) And they're interrupted by... Ding dong. Okay, 103.37 to 104.57. Was I really such an uptight bitch when you met me? Yeah, you were horrible. (laughs) I'm very sorry. (laughs) But you were lovely. Was I really such an arrogant jerk? (laughs) 
nothing more than normal. Oh. <laughs> well, I'm very sorry. <laughs> that you are hard. I know. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, I kept thinking that I should probably, you know, ask you to hand me a towel so I could cover up before I got out of the pool, but, you know, somehow I just couldn't. <laughs> Remember how I pretended I wasn't looking? Mm -hmm. I was. Oh, I hope so. Oh, fuck. <laughs> oh, I'll get rid of that. It fit perfectly on you. It's a maxi on me. It's a mini. I can't thank you enough. And David thanks you even more. Hey, Marcy. Will? Oh, no, you're not going to find any, um, drawn knives or smash pots. I will say I'm not someone who values a ton of discretion in a relationship. Like, that's not at the top of my demands on a relationship form. But I will say that someone, like, if I just slept with them which I'm like laughing at the concept of but I just slept with them and then like someone was like ding dong and then like they came out shirtless into the background of that I would consider that to be one of the biggest violations possible like I absolutely do not emerge shirtless from my home eating a grape like when I'm speaking to a colleague you fucking loser like stay in the living room again it's it's a power move. It's like that. that it, exactly um, what, what I have in here. It's a fucking power move and an assertion of dominance. Like disgusting. Mm -hmm. It's it's the it's it's a it's a much more subtle version of that. I want to say it's SNL, um, Lonely Island, the I just had sex song. Yes. Yeah. Or it's a much less subtle version of when he <laughs> fucking, or a much more subtle version of when he pulled his dick out at the pool or whatever like this man <laughs> yeah. makes his own rules it's disgusting so he just wandered on her with his dick out so Roz um, her sister despite everything you know about her is a crafter um, she's talking to EJ on the phone about how she better start planning her holiday now she's gonna come for, uh, to New York for Christmas and while she's saying this she's spray painting mini gourds at her home which like <laughs> which I love oh my god me too but like I love that she does it so controlled because like if I'm ever at a point where I'm like you know what let's like spray paint some mini gourds like I'm like let's throw a tarp down on the driveway and get drunk and do this and like maybe two totally. pumpkins will be salvageable like this woman is dead ass sober Roz mm -hmm. of all people dead ass sober in her kitchen painting gourds which like i love that for her but just nothing about her personality up until now is implied that it's a real plot twist and she's doing it with layers because there was like silver and gold and i think another color and she was like layering the colors over each other and she was going in with some black to like define the like little gourd piece i mean she really Roz, I mean, this is like the death of their mother. This is like their mom <laughs> died when they were young and Roz would have to like do the crafts for school for both of them or something like whatever mm -hmm. this is that's coming out of Roz is very feral. So um, she says that she'd prefer, you know, if they didn't come for Thanksgiving, they really she and Will just really want to hang in their own space, um, which uh, I wrote, you know, either she and Will are both fucking crazy or he's already started the process of isolating her from her friends and family because 
they literally fucked last night and now she's not going to see her family for Christmas. Like, that's crazy. That is, I can't say I haven't been in that relationship, but it's crazy. So Roz says, you know, your guys are having 12 people over for dinner, but EJ's like, you know what, Roz, it's not really going to be your scene. And then Roz says, I'm not going to see you until after your third anniversary, will I? And she goes, I've got to go to work. Bye. So the calendar. That's kind of dark. Like- well, like, I know. Well, what, is, what are we to learn about Roz's marriage based on this? Is it the two of them were in, like, a six-year isolation period, and that's why they're so close now? Me? Or, or they, uh, yeah. Or. Or, or just, the, I don't know. They both had found their man, like, she, she found Noah, and the uh, her Roz had found her man at the same time. And so when we see them, it's they have just rekindled because the two of them have, like, hit their mark of, oh, hey, it's time for me to go back and reconnect with the world. Right. Or maybe their drunk dad, like, dropped them when they were, like, you know, 12 or something, and he went off and found someone, and that's when Roz was raising her her younger sister and helping her do her school projects, like, painting gourds. <laughs> like, something happened there. They are also having, like, a full identity crisis about where they're from and who they are. Like, I'm telling you, something dark happened in the Baxter childhood. Like, it's not great. And this leads right into, like, their weird, like, launch party slash, like, photo art gallery calendar signing. Yeah, the 45-minute party that went on forever and, like, amounted in very little, but a lot, I guess. Um. Yeah, everyone's at that party. They're in great spirits. Marcy's very proud of her average husband. I like it. People <laughs> are like that. Um, the guys are really pr- impressed by all of this. It's almost like EJ knows what the fuck she's doing. They have fangirls <laughs> now. Um, EJ shows up to the party, and right when she walks in, she gets a phone call from her former boss who says, Darling, I love the new venture. And EJ hangs up as soon as she hears her voice. And she's like in, um, like again, she has the French twist up. I think she's even got gloves on. Like, yeah, she does. On. Yeah, yeah, she does. And the the crazy thing here too is she's this like high powered person in Manhattan doing things, and she's just like, I'm jealous of this one calendar you did in the last year. I need to snipe you. I mean, I hate to say it, but EJ has the magic. Like, that is what it is. It's like, I know it sounds so fucking cliche, but there's a reason why. It's like, yeah, she went to spin class with She went to spin class for her clients. Exactly. And so she's like, bitch, I need you back. We also are going to see at this party that Jan and Eric are slowly getting a little bit more glacially closer to one another. It is impossible. Like, at this point, I'm like, guys, just admit that, like, you'd both be better off as friends and, like, go on a cross-country music festival tour together. Like, I don't really need to watch this. Um, (laughs) EJ pulls Will to the dance floor. This is where I notice he literally fucking dwarfs her. Um, Marcy grabs uh, her husband to dance, and then the mayor's assistant asks him to dance, or wife, or whatever she is. Um... (laughs) And then Will gets a call because my butt is vibrating. And EJ is like, just ignore it. And the phone rings like that six times until it goes to voicemail. Which, by the way, we never get follow-up on. Was Lilla calling his her boyfriend? I thought it was like her. F- I couldn't tell if, if that was her phone continuing to ring. And he was like. Oh. Or if it was his phone. Because they weren't really clear. 
Yeah. I thought it had to be her phone because I don't think she was aware of Will, but I don't know. Maybe his butt was vibrating because her phone was in her hand and his hand and her hand was on his butt. Mm-hmm. That works. There we go. We found it. There we it. go. <laughs> Jan walks up behind Eric at the bar and she's holding a newspaper. Uh, let's play 10903 to 111.42. Have you seen this? Someone started a campaign against the calendar. They're saying children shouldn't be allowed to see it. But no one's seen it. It's crazy. There's nothing pornographic about it. I know. Still, the more they scream, the more calendars will sell. Good. Good. You ready? Uh, hello? Yeah. Playing hard to get, very cute. And look, my spies emailed me your saucy little calendar. Darling, let's let bygones be husband, shall we? I mean, what's one pair of Gucci pumps between friends? Hi. EJ. Hi. Hi. Oh, sorry. Uh, you've been... I know. I've been bad. No excuses. Oh, no, no, I'm glad you're back. Uh, did you get the job? Yeah. That's great. That's great. Um, tell me about it. Well, it's in Chicago, and, uh... Oh, there you are. I don't know how to thank you, EJ. For what? Oh, I reeled in more than a fish. I got a great boyfriend. <laughs> uh, well, he was just telling me about his good fortune. Oh. She probably felt entitled to a souvenir. Who knows? Maybe they're the answer to each other's prayers. Actually, we should publicize it. Local calendar man strikes it rich. I know you don't want to hear this, but Will was right to warn you about Jason. Yes, I know you'll kill me if ever I mention it to him. Mm-hmm. Good night. Hello? At least hear me out, okay? It's not often that I admit that I made a mistake. So come back to work. If it'll seal the deal, I'll fire Noah. I mean, we're both too professional. Well, let such an unimpressive man come between us. Oh, I totally agree, but I'm not sure EJ will. Who the hell is this? Excuse me. I think you might want to take this. Well? What's the matter? Don't tell anyone, but I think EJ's moving back to New York. So, Sonia and Jason, I think we love it, right? I do, yeah. yeah. I think they belong together. Mm-hmm. Nothing and more, nothing as, less. And as much as I don't like the fact that um, it's happened while EJ and Jason were getting together, I do like the fact that it... Everybody was just really cool. Like she's like, okay, yeah, I know. We are just friends. Um, this wasn't meant to be. Um, your hair's a little too floppy for me, but you hit it off really well with this other business person. So yeah, go at it. You're good. Yeah, I mean, she had a, she had the exact right attitude about it. It was almost like embarrassing that it had to happen in front of all of us. Yeah, you like, know, like it was one of those non conversations. That we as an audience had to experience, but if anyone in town had to have been exposed to that drama, it would have been a huge mistake. 
I want to talk about how this whole party scene was like basically the perfect example of what a party scene is for. Like it's supposed to be this like massive blend of different types of information. Like that's the fun of it. But like the thing that was missing from this party scene is like the fun part. So it was just (laughs) like this really long meandering scene of people that would never normally be in a room together all at once and all these plot lines coming together all at once. But like this was no can't hardly wait like this was, (laughs) which is basically all a movie of those things. But with pump and ass music behind it, this just had like sad country songs behind it the whole Mm -hmm. time. It was like all of the all of the mess with none of the fun. Um Okay, so Will and EJ discuss the opportunity um, at Will's big place because EJ might be taking her job back in New York. We know this now because Jan fucking can't keep a secret. Jan keep can't keep things in-house, you know? So they have this conversation, and this is, like, this whole moment where I re- it realized, like, it, I realized, rather, that, like, EJ might be a pathological narcissist because... They're having this quote-unquote conversation, and I call it a conversation because this, to me, seemed like the type of thing a narcissist would script in their head going into it, and then it didn't play out the way they wanted. So, because, like, that's narcissists like to write scripts, and, like, if you don't follow it, then you're the asshole. So um, he tells her, you know, you should, you know, if you want to do it, you should do it. Your job is basically done here anyway. And she's like, oh, I'd feel guilty leaving before the end of the launch. And I'll miss my friends at the rescue squad. And he goes, well, I'm sure we'd miss you too. But we all know what you gave up to come here for. And she says, no one's trying to force me to stay, though. I mean, it's not like anyone's chaining me down and making me stay. And he goes, exactly. You can't force people to do things they don't want to do no matter how much you want them to. You understand that, don't you? And then she's like, starts to well up and she goes, I understand that perfectly. People are who they are. Um, and he goes, you know who I am, right? I'm the player who dumped his fiance at the altar and now on a mission to bone and disown every woman in the state. And she goes, thanks for living up to your reputation. And it's like, girl, why didn't you just say to him, I would like a reason to stay? Like, why didn't you just own up to the fact that you would like a reason to stay, but you're afraid to stay there because everything's going to fucking fall apart in Montana? Like, you can't just, like, tease someone up to save you. Like, that is, like, it was such an unlikable thing. Yeah. Not to mention, it it goes from, like, zero to I'm moving out of here right now in about... No time at all. She calls Lilla from his front stoop. Like, she can't even Uh get in an Uber. Like, she literally, she doesn't have a cab driver to save her now. To process her fucking sick feelings. (laughs) I mean, honestly, this is where I was really like, I'm done with EJ. Like, I'm done with her. She, like, like, you know, she gets her job back. And then all of a sudden, like, Jan, poor Jan. Like, I'm going on a journey with this of all the people that EJ has wronged along the way. When in, in reality... This is all a story about someone being wrongfully terminated. Anyway, she uh, leaves and calls her boss in New York. She gets the job back. She's going to start before Thanksgiving. We find out that the calendar launch was huge. They have enough money to buy their own helicopter now. There's a news crew there. Um, Marcy's husband says, my favorite line in the movie, few lines. He says, we didn't do it to become famous. We did it to show people how much we care about the search and rescue squad. 
Now, truthfully, I'm a little bit worried that staring at me for 30 days will send women into wild fits of passion, but maybe that's not so bad. Um, I love that he's having a little news moment. I fucking love that for him. He's like the perfect, he's like the mascot. He's exactly the person you send up. You're like, who's this like chubby little weirdo? Send him up. So Jan is sitting at her desk telling Eric on the phone that they've gotten four calls this morning from people who want corporate retreats there. He asks her out for Friday night, and she writes it down in her calendar right under Pick Up Mom's RX. (laughs) Fucking broke my heart. She writes, Eric, finally, and then underlines it three times. That's Jan's day. She has to pick up her mom's prescription, go to work, and then meet Eric. That's terrible. Like, what? We never even found out about Jan's mom. I like the like who really who did EJ leave behind? So meanwhile, EJ is moping around New York, absolutely miserable about this. We find out from Marcy as she tells her husband that some Hollywood producers have called to adapt the story of the calendar into a movie. <laughs> Sorry, I missed that part. Oh and God, <laughs> Marcy's husband's like. You know, Matthew McConaughey is going to have to play me. Oh, yeah. Oh, and God, she goes, yeah. you know, I love you more than anything in the world, right? And if Matthew McConaughey plays you, I'm going to play me. And then he literally, like, as she walks forward, he literally stops dead in his tracks and is like, this woman. Like, he, this is why this couple is fresh. Because, like, this little thing she said just blew his mind. Like, this is why you really need to find, like, a stupid guy that works very hard. I think that that might be, had I lived on a different timeline, my goal would have been to find a nice dummy who's going to work really hard. You know? He's yeah. like, he's like, oh, this one always keeping me on my toes. <laughs> Meanwhile, she said it should fuck Matthew McConaughey. So back in New York, EJ's working late into the night. She can't get Will off of her mind. She glances over to her phone. Will looks at a grainy photo of both of them on some sort of, like, palm pilot that he's holding. EJ and Roz go on a walk through the city. EJ can't seem to snap out of the tourist mode or keep her head in the game. Um, since you're listening to this scene, I'm going to tell you the thing that Roz wants to get one of and sniff is a cupcake. Let's play 115.35 to 117.24. Why are you acting like a tourist? I'm sorry. Did I tell you about the condo Holly saw in Tribeca? Two bedrooms, three baths, and the kitchen is nicer than the one I have at home. Not that I would know how to use anything in it. Hmm. How much? 4.9 mil. All this for $525 a month. Is that too much? I'll take it. You will? Uh, well, we were, we were going to make an offer, but if you if you really want it... Want what, what? The condo? Oh, um... Are you insane? Perhaps. Forgot to refill my Paxil. Oh, honey, this place is sensational. There's no sign on the door. It takes them a week to answer their unlisted number. Stop it. Stop it. Mother of Pearl. We should get one and just stick it. I'm guessing people here really get into eating carbs. Yeah, they pass along. begged him please play with the other dogs but he wouldn't that's my fault my fault i should have made more play dates for him when he was little and he wouldn't have so many socializing issues (laughs) where are you where are you sorry i know i'm not a scintillating company another christmas alone
Okay. So this is a great example for our scale for like a creative use of words to avoid censorship. When she says mother of pearl, when she sees the cupcake, when Roz goes mother of pearl, like just literally <laughs> seizes. I mean, I was like, I grabbed my own chest with her. I was like, I clutched my own pearls. Like I was like, oh my God, like, wow, that is a good creative use of words to avoid censorship. We stand that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Will sits at home miserable in his log cabin. He sees an ad for the annual Christmas tree lighting on Main Street pop up on cable access or whatever. Um, Eric calls Will and says that there's a problem in town with some teenagers, it sounds like, and he's right on it. Um, EJ does have her head into the game at work, though, because she's given a big presentation about chicken. Um, and I thought a little classic New York EJ followed up by some old, you know, new school EJ might be fun to revisit. Let's play 117.50 to 119.29. I, I also want to stress, too. One of the most New York things EJ does in this whole movie is while she's walking on the street, she's not having a montage flashback of all the fun she had with Will. She has a she has a flashback to how cheap the real estate was in Montana. <laughs> right. right. Everything is also like literally five seconds. Like she's like her sister's like thinking about, you know, all the amazing neighbors. And then like it's literally just like a flash to like one second of Jan smiling. Like, I don't think you have that much material going on here, sweetie. Like it's like you're literally like over over romanticizing it a little bit. But I think it would be an easier life for you. Um, to move to Montana. It is, I mean, though, these are the differences that we consider. Her sister's talking about a $4.9 million apartment. That does put things into perspective for you. That is when you start to miss Montana. That's Montana <laughs> fully furnished rent, you know? Um, I, I do think about stuff like that sometimes. I'm like, what if I just, like, rented my house out and went Airbnb'd someplace for a year that was like $12 a week. Like, that shit exists Mm. everywhere. (laughs) Everybody knows how delicious your chicken is, and certainly our advertising campaign will stress that. But it is my job, our job, to also begin to remove the guilt of eating fast food with properly placed stories that highlight consumer studies that show the benefits of eating. Excuse me. EJ, it's for you on six. She'll call back. She said it was urgent. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. Excuse me. I'm sorry. EJ Baxter. It's Jan. I'm really sorry to bother you. Kind of in a meeting right now. Can I call you back? I've got some really bad news. You might want to sit down. Why? What happened? Will's been in a bad accident. He fell 50 feet during a rescue mission. He's in Kalispell Regional. Is he going to be all right? They don't know. I really think you should come out here. I'm the last person he wants to see. You probably don't want to hear this, but Eric finally told me that Will didn't walk out on his fiancée. She walked out on him after he found out she slept with Jason the night before their wedding. He begged her to stay, and she left him, which is why he couldn't ask you to stay. So what you're saying is... Johnny! Uh, let's go, okay? Everybody's got planes to catch and places to go, right? Love to, Lilla, but I can't. I have a plane to catch, too. Have you gone insane? Probably. What? 
So EJ gets there. Uh, EJ gets to the hospital. Um, this is where I write in my notes. What if Jan just made this up? LOL. Like, because <laughs> like, what if she did? And EJ gets to the hospital bed, and the bed is empty. And then she asks the nurse what happened to the guy in that room, and she goes, "He is gone." Which, like, we could use a little bedside manner here, assuming that he's dead. And then Will comes in. He's not dead. EJ asks him what he's doing there. And he's like, I forgot something. And EJ goes, so did I. Um, But, like, what they forgot is really different. I feel like Will forgot, like, maybe a hat or something. And EJ forgot who she was. And I think those are really different <laughs> things. Um. And then the nurse says to her friend, she goes into the, we find out why the nurse was like, he's gone. And she goes to her friend in like the, wherever nurses sit area, the reception area. And she goes, Merry Christmas to me. And Mr. December is no longer available. And she rips her calendar in half. So um, EJ and Will are making out in the middle of Will's Christmas party. Marcy comes over and is like, you want a little bit more eggnog or a room? Um, EJ is back for good. The whole town is happy about it. Then this is, for me, the whole fucking movie right here. My notes, where I wrote, what the fuck is this woman going to do with her life? And then I organically remembered, oh, shit, Will Will is rich. I literally forgot that Will is rich. That changes everything. Not Not rich enough to help with the helicopter, but they needed calendars for that. No, that, yeah, that's his money, honey. That's there. He'll throw a dollar at the bake sale, but Will's not <laughs> charting a helicopter. Let's not be foolish with our money. No, these, these, these excuses about how much they love the town run really short very quickly. Like, it is for sure. But Will is apparently very rich. I mean, in my mind, he must be, because I'm looking at this woman who easily probably made $200,000 a year, maybe a little bit less, and she's moving from New York to Montana. I mean... I would like to believe that this woman could live without the lifestyle she's accustomed to, but I don't think she can. I think that she really struggled with not having a Starbucks within a 12-minute drive of her house. Oh, yeah. This definitely ends in divorce if it even makes it to marriage, assuming Will survives the apparent women uprising of Montana as they hear he's actually taken and rip up their calendars and chase him with pitchforks. Yeah, this movie ends with her having alimony in L.A., doesn't it? Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it does. It does. Like, I think that she's like, oh, you know, I think that this is definitely, like, she's going to move to Napa, Santa Barbara, maybe not L.A., maybe that's a little bit on the nose, but I think that she's going to get enough out of Will to retire and then sort of live up that. I mean, he owns a successful chain of sporting goods stores. That's very profitable. And but we never see those sporting goods stores, so I can never really tell if it's just like, I don't know, some random... Well, they had to uh, buy those harnesses and those snowboards that those kids true, yeah. almost killed themselves on and all that stuff. <laughs> I mean, basically, if you're going to own a sporting goods store, Montana's a great place to do it. Like, I went yeah. into an, like, an REI in Austin, Texas once, and I bought like probably what I needed to live for a year and five minutes. And I was like, this REI didn't know I needed it and I didn't know I needed the REI but here we are $400 later I'm fully stocked like sporting goods (laughs) stores are a great place to throw money we see almost as many sporting goods stores in this movie as much as we get mentions of Christmas 
Right. Actually, <laughs> great point. There's literally <laughs> one. You're so right. It's all. What the fuck does this have to do with Christmas? <laughs> At the in the last thirty seconds, they're like, "Uh, Christmas tree, Merry Christmas, everyone," and that's it. No, I would have never fucking realized that this movie doesn't have anything to do with Christmas <laughs> if you hadn't brought this up right now. This is Twelve Men of the Year, not Twelve mm-hmm. Men of Christmas. This is nothing. To, this is why I thought she fucked twelve guys over Christmas. Yeah. I want my money back. I'm when- pissed. You're right. This is, I thought I was watching a Christmas movie. What the fuck? She just went somewhere snowy. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there we go. Fuck. Well, that was that movie. Um, sure was. Wait, it really, really didn't have anything to do with Christmas at the end, did it? Other than it just ended up being Christmas when the movie ended, that was it. This woman spent this whole year making a fucking calendar that probably cost $5. Mm-hmm. Yep. Would it would sell to about two hundred citizens? What even is that with math? Like oh, not enough God. for a helicopter. By the way, one of us has to get good at math because someone has to add up the end of this. Oh, I guess I'm gonna have to do it. <laughs> Fuck. All right. I don't know how to add the score. Oh my God. Let me hold on. Let me see. Okay, they would make one thousand dollars if they sold two hundred of these calendars for five dollars. <laughs> that should fix it. That should fix the town. I mean, how much was this fancy New York photographer to begin with? Let's say they sold 10,000 copies of this calendar. Let's figure this out. Let's say the calendar cost 10 bucks. Nah, I mean, that's like 100,000, right? That, yeah, and figure uh, they're paying her, EJ, at least 70,000 for that year. Yeah, I mean, she paid for herself, basically, and is being treated like the town hero. Well, I guess she made the men all feel good for a day, which is nice, because I'm sure that they were all suffering. It's true. And then, oh, they had to pay for the photographer, which is probably another, like, what, two to five grand? Easy. And he looked like he was a a pricey photographer. Yeah, so he might have even been ten grand, depending on how long they were doing the shoots and all that, so... I feel like this town would be the town, like, if Gypsy Rose, like, um, Blanchard and her mom, like, got a hmm. make-a-wish, like, they would fully, like, private helicopter her out. Like, these people, like, don't know a scam when they see it a mile away. <laughs> like, these people cannot pick up on a grift. Like, they're like, oh, this random people with no medical records and a daughter that arguably, like, is not what her mom's saying she is. Let's fly them out. Let's put a hundred grand on that. This is all a fucking farce. I'm pissed. I thought I finally (laughs) got to a place where I was okay with this movie. Fuck. Well, I guess I do hate these movies. There we go. One thing was right tonight. Um, Okay, so (laughs) this is a... I guess I have to ask you guys, what's your favorite... Christmas movie of all time. Let's just go with Christmas movies tonight. What's your? What do you think is the most finely made Christmas film of all time? Oh, jeez, these are always tough. It's it's hard to not say something like It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, that's a good call. I was going to say Home Alone or Family Stone. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go with Batman Returns. Oh, okay, that's good. Fair. That's I watch Batman Returns every year. Okay, good. We love this. Okay. So, <laughs> on a scale of Batman Returns to Mother May I Sleep with Danger, 
Would you rate the acting in this closer to a really fabulous movie? Let's just say it's an Oscar-winning movie, Batman Returns, or <laughs> or Mother May I Sleep with Danger. We don't call it shitty. We call it just lifetimey. I thought it was pretty good acting. I'd say this. Yeah, this is like Dean Cain levels of like a Dean Cain. I would put movie. it a step above Dean Cain. Oh wow, this is getting really spicy. I think well, this is because, a two or a two point five. Yeah, like yeah. I, I would put this at a two since, like, I think Kristen Chenoweth is uh, she's a trained actor and she's doing her best. <laughs> Roz was killing it. Roz was killing it. Yeah. Um, what's his face from Gossip Girl was killing it. Um. I believed every word that came out of Roz's mouth was like her mm-hmm. naturally interacting with EJ. So, I mean, yeah. for, I'm going to give this movie a two just for Roz and Roz yeah. alone. Yeah, um, I, I'm down with that. Two sounds fair. This mm-hmm. is where we're going to fall down the rabbit hole a little bit. Believability of the world and characters. That's like a five. <laughs> I know. I mean, like, there is something to be said for, like, the cliche of it all. But, like, ultimately, it's a five mainly because, like, no one would get fired for breaking their boss's shoe if their boss <laughs> fucked their boyfriend in the bathroom at the Christmas party. And, the boyfriend and it, who was also an employee. And it just keeps getting more baffling from there. Yeah. Um, creative use of words to avoid censorship. I think this is a four or five. I think they did a great bowl. No, but like we got a little bit of like balls and like fucking banging all over town. And like we got a little bit of that, like maybe a four. It's pretty good, though. Yeah, and, yeah, and then the... The, uh, the, the Pearl line, yes. I think, really... Mother of Pearl really carried the yeah. show for me. Oh, Let's absolutely. That yeah. um, dialogue. Mm, there's, a, there's a few runaway lines like that, you know... Freedom is a prison, or the... Yeah. Uh, that that yeah. line was really good, so... My, yeah, my freedom... Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, freedom is my prison. That's what it was. Freedom yeah. is my prison. Yeah. Um, but they're few and far between, and they're behind a lot of, like, not even exposition stuff. But I do love, like, the weird little moments that they went on, like, when um, my boyfriend, what's his name? Joe? Jason. Jason. Jason, yeah. I he's dead to me. Um, <laughs> his little like spiel about I didn't realize the Wizard of Oz was so fucked up like it's not a great <laughs> moment but they're trying to show him like or like when he's like it's so crazy how Americans are afraid of guns but they can't stand the sight of flesh like it's like that kind of stuff I'm like I kind of want to give him a little something for that want to yeah. give it like a three yeah yeah that's, that's that's what I was thinking yeah Wardrobe, I thought, was pretty good. Like, it felt like the realest of a real movie it could have been in that era of time. 2009 was not a great year for fashion. No. Nor was it. Mm -hmm. It was actually one of the worst years of that whole decade. So (laughs) I kind of feel like the wardrobe was kind of on point for Lifetime because it was big budget. But Mm -hmm. everything squeaks. I kind of want to give it a 1.5. Okay, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah. same with hair and makeup, because, like, unless there's something that really, like, jarred you on it, I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. Well, a lot of the, a lot of them still had um, <clears throat> Rachel Weiss in the mummy eyebrows, but at the same time, those were the eyebrows at the time. So 
I can't really fault them for that. We yeah. can't like be we can't be judged by eyebrows that could not have possibly grown in on time. You know exactly. But yeah. music, I feel like this is where we're picking up steam. Oh, that uh, there were so many like the entire like the entire two hour scene where they're at the cliff doing the abseiling. Yeah, had this one stupid guitar going on in the background that drove me absolutely nuts. Yeah, and the like, same forty minute song that played during the the party was really bad, as well as the mm-hmm. sort of like. Nat King Cole sort of moment at the top of the movie, the Frank Sinatra hybrid there. Um, I kind of, I mean, I feel like the the music was very jarring and noticeable. I feel like this is at least yeah. a four. Yeah, I was aware of the music the whole time, but that's you know. Yeah, that's a five then. Let's good. if you were never not aware of the music, then that's a five. Crying, we disturbingly didn't get much crying. Um, to the point where, like, you would almost think that a woman didn't lose her life a couple times in this movie. Um, I mean, I think this is, like, a two just because, like, it was almost scary how little she cried. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's a little yeah, pathetic. Was... Like, in the cab, she was noncommittal. When she set him up for this fight, she was never really going to have with him. She was noncommittal. Not a fan. Okay. Victimization of the female character. Now, remember, the female character is not just EJ. It's every single woman in the movie in these movies because oftentimes we are presented the female perspective from multiple characters. Mm. I mean, Jan was kind of, like, plucky. She had her own thing going on. I didn't really feel bad for Jan except that her mom was sick and we never talked about it. Um, I feel like it focused so much on the men and EJ that we didn't have a lot of those victimization storylines. Like they hinted at some, cause there was that one guy who was at the party and he was hitting on somebody and they were like, Oh, she's not talking to him for plumbing. And I think they even implied that like he's cheating on his wife. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that like, this is what lands us at a solid like 2.5 or three, because I think that sometimes in lifetime movies, it's not the intentional victimization that always matters. It's like the unintentional like ignoring of a character that like really mm-hmm. makes up for it. Like why did why are we seeing that why are we finally learning? I'm so disturbed by this that Jan's mom, she's out picking up prescriptions for her mother. Like meanwhile, she's just waiting mm-hmm. on this date from Eric. Maybe her mom just has a regular blood pressure medication that she picks up for her. Who knows? It could be chemo meds. We never got into it because what do we know about Jan except that she bakes cupcakes and feels bad for the rescue workers? Nothing. Yeah. And there's only and there's only three women in this town. There's or four maybe. There's Jan, Gloria at the post office, Marcy. It's Diane the blonde... at the post office. Oh, sorry. And then the waitress. <laughs> well, then you have uh, See, Lilla's uh, Gucci uh, shoe getting broken. That's a victimization moment. No, that shoe was a boy. Um, <laughs> the shoe was a guy. Um, failure and or refusal to jump to the logical conclusion. I, the entire like movie. constantly? <laughs> like the logical conclusion is, oh, call HR, movie's over. Like literally, like, um, the whole movie should be like 12 days of dealing with HR. Like that should be the whole fucking movie. And then she goes on like a severance or like she gets a nice little fucking fat check. And then the movie's about her going on the 
St. Bart's trip that she was supposed to go on with her gay boyfriend. <laughs> like, I think that that sounds How AJ wonderful. AJ got her groove back. Oh, my God. I would have loved if she and Noah, like, they really were, like, a straight girl and a gay guy best friends. And then they conspired to, like, get, um, to, like, for the boss to fuck <laughs> Noah. And then they sued the company and then just moved to St. Bart's. I would love that movie. Yeah, no, that yeah. would be, it'd be a lot darker. Dropped plot lines. I mean, for dropped hmm. plot lines, I want to know what happened to Noah. I want to know what happened hmm. to the job in New York. I want to know what's going on with Roz and her husband. Um, what was, like, the real end results of the character are Janet. I mean, there was, like, a lot of things that I guess we can work I've... out in our brain as audience members, yeah. but... I feel like to have a dropped plot line, you have to have actually picked it up. True. And I don't feel this movie picked up any plot lines. Okay, fair. Uh, Do you want to just give it a a one? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then um, our font. So on the sign, we had a font that sort of looked like a a 90s, sort of like Tyler Perry... Like, um, or like sort of like early 2000s Tyler Perry, sort of like he always used that big block font. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? But then like in the actual movie itself, we just got like the Sleepless in Seattle type font. I think either way across the board, both are very valid fonts, but TV movie fonts. I want to go with a four. Okay. Yeah, okay. I, I'm good with that. Okay, let me fucking add this up because I do not do this normally and it's probably going to be wrong. Um, Literally, I'm afraid to do a tip when I go to a restaurant. (laughs) Okay, 36.5. Yo, that's pretty deep. We're pretty steep and deep. And like, I wish that I had realized how angry I am that this isn't even a fucking Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) Literally never put that together. Never put it together. Um, you guys, thank you so much for being here. You guys, mm-hmm. if you loved Joe and David as much as I do, you can find them over on patreon.com slash MMISWP or just look at Mother May Sleep with Podcast. You're going to find their podcast, 12 Months of Christmas, on our Patreon. It will all be soon ushered into a greater Patreon that's going to be very fun and exciting. But right now, now there you'll find Joe and David's monthly podcast about Hallmark movies, as well as our Patreon mini episodes. We have fun stuff with Max Wyeth, my good friend. We also have Lewis Peitzman, my friend Blair Bercy, and I just did the new Harry and Meghan. Get on in there. And this is also how we wound up with this movie. If you didn't hear that for some reason at the top of the podcast, this whole fucking movie was brought into our lives because a BuzzFeed quiz told us (laughs) this movie was like us. Um... Anyway, I wish that was on the scale. How much do you <laughs> agree that this movie is like you? I would say I kind of agree. Like, in t- <laughs> I kind—I mean, it's not totally, it's enjoyable, kind of hateable, but overall, I don't mind it. Yeah. It its purpose. It, I mean, it's like a, a job you don't really quite get, and you're surrounded by good-looking chodes, so yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's fair, yeah. You guys, I love you so much. You're the best. And uh, I really do love you. I'm not just saying that in like a, you know, Jan sort of overly affectionate way. I mean it in a hardened New Yorker way that I really adore you so much. Thank you for doing this. (laughs) I'm going to let you go because you are on New York time and you have uh, suffered 
my foolishness for so long. But I appreciate <laughs> you. And um, have a good night, guys. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Come back, Thank please. you for having us. All right. Bye. <clears throat> More eggnog, or are you two just going to get a room? <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.